Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt show. All right, episode 28 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Tories and New Duds in Vermont. Let's go! Yo, hey. here I am. You guys left me with it. It's like sitting in anticipation. <laughs> just the screen was like the host lets you in soon. We like, do that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. we just like spinning just in my chair. Yeah, <laughs> that is a sick background. You said a good background, so it's the best background you could have had. I think. Oh, thank you, thank you. Who made the Who made the art on the wall? Uh, his name is uh, Max Hodgson. He's, I met him through doing uh, can art for foam brewers. Yeah, awesome. he's sick. He came in and did like four hours. I need so to I get somebody to do something here because all my walls are white. Yeah, yeah. Ours were white, so I had my landlord paint the whole shop white. And I was like, I got to get some murals in here once we get mm-hmm. moved in. It's a perfect place for it, too. Yeah. How long did it take him to paint every gallon of ink there? <laughs> um, well, it was like, you know, a couple minutes per, per, per paint, but, you know. All right. Well, we stop, stop calling them paint. It's, <laughs> right. it's ink, not paint. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's ink that he, that's on the wall. I get it. Right. right, right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So what's going on, man? Not much. I'm like so pumped to be here. Uh, that's like as soon as you guys started doing this. Like, Check oh, out my man. sweet sweatshirt I got on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And did you, did you get a package today? You check? I got one Friday. No, maybe Friday. it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's fresh shirt. I was supposed to get one for both of you, but Andy doesn't come until Monday. So yeah, he's a piece what? of shit. He doesn't need it. <laughs> what sweatshirt is that? <laughs> I don't it's know. Just, it's my squeegee burger sweatshirt. Yeah, it's mine. Check this shit out. Squeegee burger. Oh, nice. Squeegee burger bros. Yeah. Fill it up. Oh, oh there hell it is. yeah. There it is. <laughs> I just see what all the hype was about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he oh. takes one step. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Hmm. Yep. Yeah, the yeah, one I, day I actually, didn't I, actually I know I ran out and all I have is this Here, I got delicious, delicious polar. <laughs> Thanks. Dude, yeah. we should edit that to where I actually grab and then I have one in my hand. Pull it out, yeah. <laughs> yep. So what is Squeaky Burger? Tell us about oh, that. Uh it's like uh my little side thing. I don't know. I've been like doing my own line of stuff through New Duds for you know since we started. And it was just got to a point where it was like it felt like old art, it didn't really feel like me anymore. So I just started like a new thing called Squeegee Burger. It just allows me to draw weird art. Is it going Nothing. good? Yeah, it's going all right. I mean, I don't have like, I have like 300 followers on Instagram. So I get about. Well, you tell everybody to sales. stop following you. Yeah. Well, it's mostly a secret. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, that's good. Do you, uh, do you guys have like multiple clothing-ish lines or like you have like a Vermont thing, don't you? Yeah. So that's kind of like what New Dad started as just like our own line of stuff. Um, and it was like pretty Vermont based cause I came from like, um, kind of like that corporate resort wear background. Oh really? So like, well, I can like make better shirts than those. They're all, you know, just like a dancing moose or something. <laughs> um, so we started that way. And then, uh, I have a squeegee burger now. And then me and some of my staff, uh, started the off reg thing. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask um, you about that. What made you want to do that one? Um, just like the, you know, I felt like a little bit of need for it. Like we, we always have all these like, uh, printmaking jokes and we mm-hmm. all come from print, like almost my entire staff has a printmaking background from, from uh, school. So we're like, well, let's just, let's try it. And 
you know, we figured if we back it up with like a little bit of like a scholarship fund for future printmakers and be like a good cause as well. Yeah. Now what um, is that? What does the funding go to? Like what is, what is there an so, organization for it? So we're eventually going to have it so you can like apply for a scholarship and like use it for any kind of printmaking you want for like a class oh, okay. or, you know, if you want to like get a run of posters, made, you know, whatever you want to do with it. But, um, we got to build up some funds first and we've actually, it's been going pretty well so far. So yeah, uh, we're pretty nice. Hey Dylan, yeah. back to that sweatshirt real quick. I, I'm pretty sure. Is that vintage white? No, it's <laughs> not. It's, it's, uh, it's like Ash or a Heather. I would uh, not I wear vintage yeah. white. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the IND 5000 P. I think it's athletic Heather through, through yeah, uh, independent. See, wouldn't do that. I like yeah, how the front's embroidered. Yeah. That's a huge stitch count. Yeah. And it's not like so big either that like a lot of people get embroidery and it curls. Yeah. Or it's weird. It's, like, it's just solid. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen. It's going to be one of those things where I'm going to be in a crowd or something and somebody's going to like pop around off and this embroidery is going to stop the bullet and deflect, deflect it. it <laughs> deflect it. It's going to stop right off. <laughs> yeah. So I guess give us, give us some background. You said you, you guys all started from a printmaking background or you were doing what was it outerwear or something? Uh, well, they called it like resort wear. But I'll go a little bit further back. So, yeah, go further back. I, I, so I, I started uh, at school as a business major. Um, I got like one semester deep at University of Vermont. I was like, this fucking sucks. I hate this. So I switched to art and uh, uh, did that for a little while. I like, did other forms of printmaking. And then my last semester, my senior year, I took a screen printing class. And I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Because I like did a lot of like illustration, you know, back then. So it was a cool way to like take it and and make like a bunch of them real quick. And then just like either give them out or sell them or whatever. Is it just um, me and you, Andy, who didn't have the option to take a screen printing class in school? Did yeah, you go to art school? Like, no, well, I went I, to, it wasn't an art school, but it was, a, I mean, a university. They should have had like some kind of print program. I feel like everybody we talked to is like, yeah, I went for screen printing and I loved it and I wanted to keep doing it and keep doing it. It's like, I never had anything even remotely close to that. Well, if you went at, at UVM, if you weren't an art student, you couldn't take it. Oh. Cause it, would, it filled up so fast anyway. Yeah. But. I'll keep uh, going. I interrupted. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, so I fell, I was like, man, I got to do this for a living or at least try. Um, and I didn't really know anything about commercial or even fabric. I just had printed on paper a few times and it was like, this is great. <laughs> Um, so there was a job, there was a shop down the road that was hiring just for like a screen cleaner. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Not knowing like what I was getting myself into. And, uh, I just like cleaned screens there for like six months straight. I did like a little bit of printing here and there. Um, they had like a manual press and, uh, they had like a, I think they had like an old gauntlet. Um, and I ran that like a couple times, but like really would just sit around and, and clean screens in this like tiny, wet, hot room. And then, uh, saw another opening for another shop up the road and got an interview at that place. And I hated the first shop I worked at. Like everyone was there kind of a dick. So I like went up and interviewed at this other place and like totally was like, Oh yeah, I like, I know I was all about screen printing. I'm like, this would be great. I'll be fine. And he was like, all right, cool. So you got the job. And like went to the other shop the next day and like quit on the spot and then started the next one on Monday. And like, turns out like I was like the only printer there. It was like a pretty big embroidery shop, but so it was they like, were like just they just were one hundred percent relying on your printing knowledge to get <laughs> yeah. them through. Yeah, yeah. So I just like kind of tossed <laughs> in, but like you know, I mean, I, I knew how to hold a squeegee and like print on paper, and like I had pretty good uh, form and stuff. So, um, I, I mean, I picked it up pretty quick, and I mean, it was probably pretty obvious from an outsider's perspective, but it was like <laughs> whatever. So I worked there for like two years, 
Um, and it was like pretty like, I mean, like I said, it was like mostly an embroidery shop. And then like I would print all day. He had like one of those like uh, 14 color chameleons. Mm-hmm. It's like the double deckers. Um, so it was like almost all manual. Like every now and then we'd have a big job and he'd like wheel in this like really old auto. that was like, everything was like tool cranks on. So like when I got my shop, I was like, I want an auto. This one's fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I just got a six color chameleon when I started. But um, yeah, so I worked there for a couple of years and then my wife and I started New Duds in 2008. So what does New Duds stand for? It's just like, you know, like clothes are like duds. Mm. You know, it's like an old army term. I don't know. Oh, really? It's like one of the things like I look back and I'm like, I don't, we didn't really think about it that much. <laughs> <laughs> just off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, I started with this like, little chameleon and a little brown dryer. So those business, yeah. you were in the business school, you said at first, do you wish you would have, or did the, that semester, did that help you with any business knowledge or do you think that like, no, the, the way to not. do it, the way to do it is just to open the business and learn. Well, I mean, looking back, like, I wish I would have stuck with it, but then I don't know if I would have fallen into screen printing. You know what I mean? Cause like right. I, I was going to business cause I wanted to open a restaurant, um, which, you know, I'm pretty glad I didn't do, but. Well, um, what kind of restaurant was it going to be? I don't know. I just like cooking. Oh, all right. Probably, it probably would have been squeegee burger. <laughs> it's like a burger. <laughs> <laughs> screen printing in one side burgers in the other side. <laughs> yeah. You should just do that now. It sounds awesome. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I wish I, I mean, I, I kind of, cause we had to like learn so much about like how to run a business by just doing it. And that's like one thing I, I always tell like young art kids that are in our school. It's like, you should try to like minor in business because if you're like going to art school, like you're basically going to be your own business. And yeah. if you don't know how like taxes work and accounting works and or at least marketing and, too. I mean, that's a big, yeah, yeah. my wife, Everything. she, she has a BFA. And so she went to art school and graduated and then does her own thing yet really, really needs marketing, you know, like really needs to spend a lot of time on marketing because it seems like when you're small like that and that's your side hustle or whatever, it's 80%, maybe 90% marketing and then 10% drawing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so at first, initially anyway, to, until you get it rolling. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we learned the hard way, like for like way too many things, but. Well, we're all, we're all definitely still learning that like the business yeah. side and everything. Like I, I try to pass off as much of that stuff as humanly possible to like my accountant. I'm just like, Hey, you do everything. And then when something starts going bad or wrong, tell me. But other than that, just like ask me for money once a week. Yeah. I mean, I just hired a full-time bookkeeper last, last summer. Yeah. I, I had been doing my own books for like, the past like 12 years. Yeah. Years. I never have. But it's always I like one of those scenarios. Yeah. Like where I, I, I always like hold on to this thing for like too long. I'm like, why the fuck didn't I do this like 10 years ago? Yeah. It's kind of like me with a pad and paper when it comes to me, uh, in my invoices. <laughs> yeah. Post-it notes. Mm-hmm. They're right in front of me. Nice. <laughs> So how do you, how do you go from starting a business with a chameleon? You said it was your first press, a six color to having, it looked like you had two autos and then now you have, is it a third or did you replace a, replace a press? Uh, A little bit of both. So we had, we've got, I'm like right between them right now. Um, We got the sportsman EX like a 2013. And then on that side we had the, there's like a 2001 gauntlet RS. Um, So we, we technically replaced it with the Cobra um, but we're looking to expand into the suite next door next year. And when I do, I just, I just put the gauntlet in storage behind me. Um, so when we do that, I'm just going to wheel that back over there and run it. 
So like, I mean, we won't always need three autos all the time, but in the summertime we get so busy. It's like, I mean, I, I could have gotten like five grand for it. So like it's to me, it's worth more. It? Yeah. Like just run one color jobs or set it up as a tag press or like a onesie press or toe bet, you know, whatever. Yeah. I did a, I did a podcast with Acme print and he was saying the same thing. Like he got a, I don't remember what it was like a six color auto or something. And it was like for the price that I paid for it, I think he said he paid like four or five grand for it. He just does like sleeves on it. Yeah. Like put sleeve pallets on it, leaves it there all the time. And all he's got to do is when you have a sleeve job, it just automatically goes on that press. Like no taking anything down, putting anything up. It's just, just print on it whenever you can. Yeah. I mean, the only problem now is I got to buy like a small dryer for it, but yeah. Isn't the so greatest we'll if you, like if you have the space just to have an extra press or two know. or whatever. I would love that. Wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. that be so cool if you could just, oh, we have, you know, we have sleeves to print and then it's just there. It's just set right. up and ready. I mean, that's kind of like the thought behind it or like, you know, just to do that, like one, cause it's like a clunky old machine. I mean, it prints great, but it's almost like a hundred percent pneumatic. You know, it's just got like a 120 plug in it just for like this, like the toggle switch command station. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it's loud and like every job you do, like depending on what your index speed is at and like how heavy your pallets are, you're like, have to constantly adjust to the, the air pressure. So it runs smooth. <laughs> but like, that's how I learned it on, on, like on an auto, basically like, you know, come in and like, Oh, we're doing like a job. that's like a little bit slower. So you go, you like go and turn like your air pressure, pressure down a little bit. Yeah. But, we had, awesome. um, I think it was last week we had, um, so we have three presses, but we only had enough people to run two of them we were short some people for a couple of days. And so what we were ended up doing is, is there was a person that set up one and then we ran, we were running jobs. We were running the job on it while that person was setting up like the other one, you know? And so that, and those people would just walk down to the other one and run it. You know what I mean? Dude, Uh, that's exactly, that's exactly what we've been doing for two weeks because I usually have the two press operators and Randy went on vacation. So uh, Nate's been on the sportsman and then what Brian ended up doing, Brian used to run the press, like used to run the sportsman. So he knows how to run the process and stuff. He's the guy who does our art and steps and stuff. So basically he came to me and was like, well, because I only have to do art and steps for one press now, I'm kind of like a little bit slower. Like I'm, well, I'm caught up. So he's like, why don't I go out and while Nate's printing on one press, I'll set up a, like two or three jobs on the gauntlet. And then when he's done on the sportsman, I'll jump over there and I'll set up a job. So Brian's been setting up every job for two weeks and Nate, all he has to do is take a cart from one press to the next and just load and take it off. So there's no, we're, we got rid of all that delay basically of like when a job's done, like taking it down, setting up another Mm -hmm. one, then running, he's literally just running, 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 running. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, like I might try to get somebody just to do this all the time. Yeah. There's like a setup yeah. person. Like literally what, between what, Randy yeah. and Nate, just go back and forth when they, when they're done, let them take it down. And as they're taking it down, somebody's setting something up or getting inks or all that stuff. Yeah. Like, that, that's what our plan is for this coming summer. Cause we also, that's one question I had for you guys. Do you guys run two printers on, on all your presses or Andy does. like you do? Yeah. So uh, you're a single operator, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if you had though, a run of like a thousand? They grab somebody from the office. Okay. Yeah. Pretty so much anything saying, that's like 50 pieces or more, or like maybe not even 50 pieces, a hundred pieces. They just come in and like, either I'm at my desk or Chris is at his desk or whatever. Just uh, grab they're an offloader. Like, yeah. They're just like, Hey, can you help me unload? And we go out and we pull shirts for, you know, 15 minutes and then come back. Yeah. But out. for setup and teardown, that's a way slower process, you know? Right. Like, that's what I mean. He's doing it by himself. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. If I had one guy out there that just bounced back and forth between both presses and helped set up and tear down, 
I bet we'd get a couple more jobs done a day. Oh, yeah, for that's our way, plan this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hire just like basically a production assistant in the spring to come in and like, because we're 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 single on both of our presses. Um, mm-hmm. But like, just to have that, because I'm always telling them like, like it's when you're done job, like just focus on the next job. It'd be so nice just to have someone come in and like start tearing down that one, so you don't have to worry about it. Right, like that's just exactly. like, like I, I try to get my operators to like do as little as the before and after stuff as possible. But right. Well, you got to think there skill set is running that press and tweaking pressures and angles and everything else. Like they don't need to be doing the mundane, like, Oh, let me put put a screen in and lock the clamps in or mix inks for that job or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I would rather them just printing jobs all day long than doing all the extra. uh, One great thing about having uh, or running in press teams anyway, is that the uh, initially, usually, the the press assistant they're less experienced right so the press there's a press operator press assistant the press assistant a lot of times comes in and starts at our shop and has never even been in a screen printing shop and so they'll assist they'll learn what it means to be a press assistant we have this 60 day certification it's pretty informal. you get branded at the end of it with so a certified, certified screen printer <laughs> yeah well it kind of you know like as far as we're concerned yeah well, I should say certified press assistant because they're not really a screen printer. Like they couldn't walk over to right. a manual and pull a squeegee and they couldn't, they couldn't really run the press, but they're getting close because what I'll, I'll find is, is, and there's, there's an incentive, like there's a compensation adjustment um, increase. Uh, and there's, so there's motivation to learn to become a press assistant, um, like a certified press assistant. And, and so um, I wrote, there's about 10 questions that we just, we go over and we talk about, you know, and we go through these things. Um, with, I did it with this last time I did it with our production coordinator and a press operator that he was working with and then him and then myself. And so we just go, went through these list of questions with things that I thought were important. And, uh, and then at the end, you know, you're certified. And then after that, even a little bit during, but after that, um, it's kind of a really good time to review like how they're doing also, but Mm -hmm. also, um, say, uh, okay, well at this point it's time for you to start setting up one colors, you know? So with the tri-sync, he's already pulling the board off and, you know, on and off. And, and he already understands like what the whole process there He's witnessed it for 60 days, you know? And so now you do it like you set up a one color and then, and then just go from there. And so what happens most of the time is that person becomes a press, op- a press operator, you know, mm-hmm. or, or let's say the, the person, the press operator that he's working with, he or she is working with is out. Well, I mean, all of a sudden that's when they move into that spot and say, okay, so can you, can you set up this job? Slide in. Yep. Yep. Well, that like, that would have been huge for me is if I had done that this summer and got that press assistant, because if the exact scenario I fell into where we're super busy still and Randy left on vacation, I would have had somebody here already that was shadowing him all summer that could have just ran the press while he was gone. Yeah. And I didn't have that. The only reason why I agreed to him going is because normally December is like slow as fuck. So I would have been like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Like, we'll just run one press and be totally fine. But it's like we're still in like summer mode right now. Um, that's in, So December is not usually busy for you, huh? No. That's, that's pretty, much know, from, like- pretty much from like November, like Thanksgiving to end of February. It's like our slow season. Hmm. We, we don't really like usually like mid January is when we kind of like start to drop off. But usually like by Thanksgiving, we're like booked through, through Christmas. Yeah. You know, it's like people like either wanting to spend money before the end of the year 
or like we work with like a lot of like breweries and stuff who like want that last little bit of merch to try to sell, especially this year. Like, cause like they're selling so much less either food or beer or whatever that they yeah. just want to try to get some, some merch in. What's most of your niche market? Is it breweries and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely like that's like the, the biggest work, the workload for us. Um, and it's just, I think it was, you know, just kind of an accident. But, I didn't you know, know there, Vermont is known for beer or for breweries. Yeah. I don't know if we still do, but I know at one point we had like the most breweries per capita. Um, that's awesome. So it's kind of a nice well, that's thing. That's because not very many people live there. Maybe that's yeah, yeah. It's like, it was like 12 people and 12 breweries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So th- yeah, they keep us going um, pretty well. So, I mean, that, that was kind of a tough part about this year too, though. It's like a lot of them, you know, shut down. Um, but they, they, you know, once we kind of summer rolled around, things started getting better and, um, yeah. you know, they figured out better ways to sell things or different ways to sell things. So do you print for resorts also? No, surprisingly. No, no, I, I I've done a, like, a little bit here and there, but, um, the one I did stuff for when they were just kind of pain ass to work with. I've noticed that too. We have a couple that are near us that basically, I feel like they're just, somebody's job there is to just hunt down the lowest possible price. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm going to get a gold star if I find a printer that'll do this for like bottom of the barrel pricing. And it's like, yeah, but then you got to find a new one every year because the quality sucks. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to bother with this or bid or anything. I don't bid on anything. It's like, if you don't want to work with me, then don't work with me. Yeah. I I will like very rarely bid on something, but um, usually like I don't like try to just go in just to get a job. Yeah. You know, a lot of times like this, like the state jobs every now and then, like they have to get like six bids or five bids or something like that. So I'll just throw a price out real quick knowing mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to get it. But I feel like we've had a couple of those where somebody comes to us, but they're like already know me or already like want to work with us. They're like, well, no matter what happens, I'm going to get it through you, but I got to go out and get like five other pieces of paper that say that I like got quotes. Yeah. That's, that's when like, you just have to like start like four other like pretend screen printing <laughs> businesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can outbid exactly. yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about your ink wall is, uh, is that all in order by Pantone? Yes. See, I do the exact same thing and I'm, I actually yesterday, no joke, like cleaned and organized my ink area because we're switching everything over to the Monarch stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had on one table, like a bunch of cups that just, I couldn't put on the shelf anymore cause I ran out of space. Well, and if I do, yeah exactly that's exactly what i have yeah and i'm like fuck this sucks because i don't want to move a thousand cups to add those other cups back in yeah um we talked to i think two different episodes where i think king screen is the one that kind of came up with the model but he was saying that he just put stuff in like categories like shelf a one or whatever and then he knows right, it's yeah, be there. Yeah. but yeah i wanted to ask you if you ran into that same problem that's funny yeah you know, well one. so the goal is so i've got that car right there is going to get going to get put on this winter once we slow down so we got some more shelves made um but the goal so what we did was we took like every pantone we have made already and we made a custom swatch and illustrator so when like people come in and they're like, I want like red, you know, we can pull from one of like the four reds we already have mixed or right, however many reds. Right, right. That way we're not just like, like shooting out a Pantone number and then, and then having to mix like, oh shit, we don't have, like we have enough fucking colors in here. <laughs> we're like, if you don't want one of these colors and like, right. unless it's like, you know, a corporate job, we're like absolutely need a Pantone mix, but yeah. we can for the most part push people into like 
you know, the, the I feel like I feel like I should do that too. But then I always get to that point where I go out and look at the wall because I have two walls. I have one on like each side of the building. I look at it. And I'm like, I gotta be getting close to having all the colors. Oh, yeah. You know That's what I mean? I'm like, coming out with right, more, every year they like, come out with another 120 options, and I'm just like, fuck it, stop doing it. If you have one have, on each side of the building, Dylan, I think that'd be four walls though. No? Each side. Well, each yeah, side, fuck you, Andy. So, hey, shut know. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of king screen, check this out. Look what I got. Nice. They're the bucket scoops. Oh, bucket scoops? Yeah. Why is it rounded on the bottom, though? Yeah. Because it's, so it's the exact, it's a five-gallon bucket scoop, so it fits perfectly up against the side of a five-gallon bucket. Yeah, so you uh, scoop, you know, like, so for, like, if ours are, right now are square or flat-edged, I should say. And so yeah. when you go to scoop, you can't get into the bucket. But check that out. The problem I have with those, and I have a metal one, is I wish the handle was bent up. Because when you go to stick your hand in the bucket, you're getting your hand so close to the outside yeah, edge the on the other side. side. Yeah. Okay. So I wish, I wish I had it to where it was like a 45 to where I could get that part flat against the side of the bucket. And then my arm was up. You know, I've been um, looking for that one patent to make so I can just retire. Right, there it is. Like, yeah, there it is. I'll give it to you. I don't even give okay, a shit. All right. <laughs> See that picture of that guy's hand? It's clean. Yeah, look how close it is. Yeah, yeah he's got so. it at the top. Yeah, but that, that was like his scoops first a bucket scoop at the top. Too. Yeah, fuck that guy. He was like, he was like, all right, here's just for the photo shoot. But you know, right, like as soon as the photo took, he I'm not like, using it. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. All of, all of those just chipped and cracked in half. <laughs> totally useless. Yeah. No, hey, that reminds me. That reminds me too. You just held up that shirt show mug. Yeah. And you were like, you were like, why you cheap ass? Why didn't you get it printed on both sides? You right. know who printed it on both sides? This guy. Yeah. Both sides. So no matter yeah. which handed you are. Yeah. And you See, know what? I, it's not even about cheapness. Like it's literally the same cost to get two sides versus one. There you go. See, See, literally that shirt show mug was the first mug I've ever ordered in my life. <laughs> well, so. here, I'm not going to complain because I really, it's a great mug. Like I love it. It's really it's one of my nicer favorites. if you didn't have to be left-handed in order to show off what it said on it. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. So you just like drink it like this instead. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When we do this, oh, and yeah. I use the mug. I have to hold it on the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But it's a great uh, mug, Dylan. I, I like it. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Since well, you'll be getting yeah. one. We'll send you one. Don't worry about it. All right. All right. Yeah, I'll look yeah. for that. And then everybody who looks at you will just be like, oh, I like your black mug. Thank you. Because yeah, you won't see a, it. It's a perfectly normal <laughs> black mug. No big deal. Don't worry about it. So I saw you have machine number 14. Yeah. Um, is it, It's installed. It's running. It's up and going. Yeah, it's right here. Yeah. It's awesome. It's amazing. Um, we we are actually like had uh, a floor model G3 lined up in March. And then COVID hit. And I had like, I was like one paper away from signing it. And I was like, eh, I don't know what's going to happen. So maybe I won't get that. <laughs> Uh, which I'm, I'm kind of glad I did because between like March and April, we lost like half our income. Um, we had to like shut down and stuff. So, uh, I pulled out of that and the Cobra. Yeah. 12. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I pulled out of that. Same one, same one you have, right? Yeah. And so it's a 20 by 20, 12 color. No, I got 16, 18. Yep. Um, we don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess, you know, maybe we would do more bigger if we had the bigger size, but like I rarely print over like 14 inches. Yeah. If I had to choose, I would choose 16, 18. Plus it takes a, it's a smaller footprint and everything, but. What do you mean choose? You didn't get to choose? I didn't get to choose there. They just like made me. you, 
I like, yeah, I want to buy one of the beta, those. So they just sent it one. <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah. Wasn't it like the rebel when you got it though? Yeah. Uh, well, when I first got it, it was the sportsman EV. Well, what was the rebel one? I've never seen that on your Instagram. It's the then, same thing. The they same, just yeah, okay. changed the name to a rebel. And then, then they, they realized asked, that was probably not a good idea. And then they mm-hmm. changed it again to Cobra. Um, yeah, I have the, hold on. This is pretty cool. I got, I got my Cobra hanging out with me here. Dude, when I saw that, I was like, hell yeah, that is so yeah. good. It's funny. Cause when I, when I, when we, we, I, I bought the Cobra, I was like, man, I gotta get like, cause I used to watch GI Joe when I was a kid. I was like, I gotta get Cobra commander days, action figure to, to go up on there. These days we're who painted more. the, who painted the smock it's wearing? Uh, my shipping manager. I like, so I got it in and he was like holding this wand and, uh, or staff or whatever. And I was like, Oh, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we like took that out and put a squeegee in his hand instead? He's like, Oh yeah, I think I can do that with my 3d printer. So I like brought it home. And then like a couple days later, he's like, so can I like do some other things to it? I was like, yeah, I don't know, like whatever you want to do, man. And like, he like a couple of nights later, he sent me a picture. I was like, holy fucking shit, man. This thing's awesome. <laughs> it is super awesome. It's like, I like how it's like blowing in the wind and everything. Yeah, exactly. It's not just like draped but on it. It actually just, like tailored and fits him. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like so tight. But it's, it's just like a, a brown napkin that he just like painted. So good. Put ornament. Yeah, it's good stuff. There it is. The Rebel. Yep. Just yeah, like Andy. Still got it. I was going to frame it. You should have left it on the press. You swap it it back in. No. Couldn't do it. But what's your favorite thing about it so far? Uh, The no, the no rise plans. That's just, I mean, it's like so quiet. Like I know it's crazy. I don't actually like, I don't run it that much myself. Um, But uh, like I came out here the other day. I was like, why don't those fuckers printing? (laughs) But I came out, I was like, oh, they are printing. (laughs) But yeah, so like the no rise table is like amazing, you know? Um, right. And then, uh, you know, it's just like such a quiet press. We did, we, we noticed that like the pressures are all like quite a bit different from our old sportsman. So that was like a little bit of a learning curve. Um, I had that, got, I had that too, between my gauntlet and the sportsman, like things were different. Like, even though yeah, you'd be like, Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're, we're not. noticing we have to go like a little bit higher on the Cobra, but Prince, I mean, yeah. Prince Gray is, it's an amazing press. Yeah. Pumped about it. Yeah. No, was the gauntlet going to be the same? The U, the four model, was that going to be the same 12 color and all that stuff? Or was that going to be something different? Um, yeah, it was going to be a 12 as well. Yep. 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 Nice. Yeah. We were going to, we were pumped about that one, but you know, shit happens. And yeah, I mean, I've never run a, I've never run a G3, so I don't know like how different they are, but, um, you know, I mean a brand new press versus a, seven-year-old versus a 19-year-old that alone is like <laughs> pretty amazing. yeah your sportsman is pretty much the same one i have i think yeah and i think it's the same year too yeah i have a 2012 and it's so it's probably really close you said yours is 13 13 yes yeah, 10 color yeah. yeah i tried to look into seeing if we could because my my uh you know the control panel the display seems so so ancient compared to like the cobra and i try i was looking in to see if we can upgrade it and get that screen you know it's still a touch screen right it is but it's yeah, like, but like i it's, think their first adaptate or their first version of it you know yeah yeah it is like tiny and like yeah, it's like it's also like calibrated a little wrong so it's like pushed like a little over to the, <laughs> to the right of where you want to push 
Well, and it doesn't have, uh, for us anyway, we don't have a print run screen, you know? So like if we're in our, oh. he- our heads we, and we want to adjust our flash time or whatever, we have to go to a different screen and just hassle. So we were looking to, to see if we can somehow get, get, a, you know, get it updated. Yeah. Hmm. Not sure. So tell me, tell me about your fulfillment part of the business. Yeah. So we, we've kind of like started that slowly over the past couple of years. Um, we like took on one of our breweries who like they didn't have an online store. And I was like, why aren't you guys selling stuff? Cause you have a huge following. Like, well, we don't want to ship it. I was like, I'll, I'll ship it for you. Cause we were like, when we were shipping like our own stuff every day, you know, cause we, we were running a couple stores of our own mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, really? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I kind of like baited it with them for like a year um, just to see how it would go. Like we handled like the customer service and everything, like returns, exchanges, everything. Right. 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 Um, so we've picked up like, we don't do like a ton of people. We have like probably eight stores. Um, but it's all like preprint and then store here inventory. And, but we also ship like their glassware or like stuff that we don't make as well. So like, that's a big factor of, of like trying to get people along with us too. like, well, like, like, are you going to ship like just, just the merch that you make? It's like, no, I'll ship whatever you want. Just like, let me know. Cause like I build out the contract for, for every different store, depending on like, how many SKUs you have and, and how often you're selling and, and what kind of stuff you're shipping. Right. Um, so we've kind of just built that up and uh, I think you just switched to ship station, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been using that for a while and you know, like everything just auto syncs in there and we have like yeah. 10 different stores in there and I've just got a shipping and receiving. Like my, my wife, Tessa, uh, she's been, she was doing it for a long time, um, but we just handed it off and um, just every day come in, pick all the stores, pack them up. That was no, what are you doing? What are you doing for like the glass stuff that you're shipping? Are you just like, like if say a customer comes to you and they're like, I wanted to ship this and it's like an odd sized item. Do you like do all the research yourself and find like the boxes and the packing material and everything to make sure that that item gets there safely? Or is that on them to figure out? Uh, it's generally a little bit of both, but like we definitely like help them facilitate that. But, um, you know, we'll just, for the I just saw you were doing beer, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, oof, that's a project. Um, and so that, I mean, uh, foam brewers are like our, one of our biggest accounts as far as the breweries go. Um, and they just had like been hit so hard. Uh, it's so like, well, let's start. Cause a lot of breweries around, around the U S are starting to ship now because of COVID. Um, but you got to like go through all this licensing process and like, again, like they just didn't want to have to deal with the shipping. And I was like, well, let's do it. I'm like, if I, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to start like a beer shipping empire, <laughs> but like, if I can help like my big clients stay in business, then right. it kind of solidifies, you know, a customer going down and like, we're doing all the stuff for him. So that was like a couple months in the process. Cause I had to go through UPS to get a uh, alcohol shipping license and they had to get a license for every state. So we're only shipping to four states right now, but every Monday. So we started last week. So we got another launch tomorrow. Um, so they just bring in like four pallets of beer and we just, so, so in that case, they went to a, a box manufacturer and we're like, this is exactly what we need. Uh, so they developed a box for them and uh, we just get pallets of boxes dropped off. We build them, ship them out on Monday and get them out the door. Awesome. But it's, yeah, it, I mean, it was, it was a, a big undertaking that I kind of underestimated how much like labor would go into it. And Tessa's like, should have known that i mean like she's like i'm like a, i'm like a big picture like this fucking do this and then she's like well you know what we say yes to that like and, and rightfully so <laughs> like we have to follow through all, all the logistics that go along with that 
So do you have somebody full time in shipping that that does that, or did you move somebody from from printing over there? Yeah, well, so in September we we hired like a main shipping receiving guy. We had like a couple people that kind of float in that section, and like when the stores get heavy, they'll go over and do all the shipping. But we hired like one full time person to receive all the garments and then also take care of all the shipping stuff. Um, with this particular project, we're actually like pulling a couple of foam staff uh, that were furloughed to just come in and help until we kind of get the process down. Um, and then the goal is to like, I don't, you know, again, I don't know if like we'll still be shipping beer in a year. Um, but it's something that's getting them through and it's something that we can do and make some money off it. So, I mean, right. I wouldn't, you're also like, charity. yeah, you're also like learning a skill on fulfillment though, yeah. too, to where if anything, I mean, really like, up. yeah, it streamlines all like the logistics part of all the shipping that we're already doing, you know, like even down to like our, our Dymo printer, like label printer sucks. So like, let's try to find a better one that prints labels faster. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, and then like learning all the batch stuff. And um, all the yeah, Tyler tools. can tell you which, which uh, printer that is. He did a lot of research into that too. TC screen printing. We, we bring him up uh, every, every podcast at least once. He, we but, need to stop because he yelled at us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave him alone as far as the, the data stuff goes. Yeah, let's talk about for, him some more. Let's talk about for, yeah. <laughs> But For real, he knows. Uh, what he, can he, he do he, for you? <laughs> he ran into the same issue with uh, labels, uh, you know, trying to find one that prints faster. That they can keep up, you know, and so he, he, I don't know which one he has, but he, I think I got lucky with mine because I posted videos before to like my stories or whatever. And people are like, how does that print so fast? And I'm like, I didn't know this was fast. Like it's just a zebra printer. Like I didn't know I bought like a special printer, but apparently it prints labels pretty fast. Yeah. We, so. We've gone through quite a few and like, we've had a lot of issues with, with like the, the cheaper ones, just like, uh, disconnecting like four times a day and you have to like unplug it and plug it back in and get it to start going again. And actually like the new one I just got was like $139. It's called a Rolo. Mm -hmm. And like, it comes with like generic labels, labels like two cents a piece. Like their whole thing is like, stop buying like proprietary labels for your, for your shipping label printer. Yeah. And it just like spits them out like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think the zebra one, I think it's like, I don't know. It's probably like 350 bucks or something like that. But it was just like the first one I got, and I was like, oh, "All right, this will do good." But it's just continuous. It does. It's not slow at all. It's just like just keeps going. It just yeah. like keeps printing labels. Well, yeah, we we ran into an issue with our 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 brother one we have right now. Like we we set it so it would auto cut after every label, which is cool if you're doing like one or two shipments at a time. But when you want to batch a bunch, right? And now so we can't <laughs> now we can't figure out how to get it to stop not stop cutting. <laughs> so like you batch a bunch, it's like eh, cut. Yeah, cut and like we tried everything like we like deleted the the driver and everything plug it back in like oh i guess we have to get rid of this one. one thing one thing i'd like to figure out is um i've got this printer which like i said it seems to be fast like it does a really great job but it's coming off of a roll so when the labels come out it's just fucking like like if i print like 400 labels like on a wednesday it's just a roll of 400 labels in a pile on the floor and then I sit there and I like one over one over one over one, mm -hmm. like fold them up to give them to the fulfillment girl. And it's like, I wish I had that one where they come Stat from a folded thing and then through the machine. And then they just like fold themselves over again. Rolo. Uh, Get a Rolo. Rolo. Try it. Yeah. You can do both with this one. And like you can buy like any thermal direct printer label. Nice. I say this, but I've only been using it for like four days, but. <laughs> oh, hey man, that's all it takes. <laughs> but it's working. I'll, so I'll hit you up in a little while and be like, how is that thing? Is it still working good? Nah, throw it away. Yeah, <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Got a zebra. Yeah. 
Well, that's perfect timing for you then to, you know, you, you got into e-com before COVID. So you were, right. you were kind of getting set up and learning it mm-hmm. and, and, infant, you know, into fulfillment. And then, and then it just so happens you're ready to go right. and, and like you can help your customers out and help yeah, your, I mean, help for, your yeah. shop out too. For, for a while, like in the beginning of COVID, it was like just me and Tessa coming in and just shipping stuff for people. You know, we had a couple of shops that just like, here, take a bunch of stuff. Like they weren't really like, they were selling it in-house, but they didn't have an online store. Like just, just throw a couple of photos on this. You just take it and ship it. So like, that's what we did for like the first like month and a half. We just come in and ship orders. So you're building the web stores also? Uh, no, generally like, uh, the client will build them. Um, we help quite a bit, you know, we'll go in the back end and help with inventory and if they have questions, like I'm no like e-commerce expert, but like I'm pretty tech savvy. So, you know, I can work my way around Squarespace and Shopify. Um, but you know, if they need help, we'll, be, we'll certainly do it. But a lot of them, a lot of people have someone on staff that does something like that anyway. They're just sending you like a packing list or whatever once a week or. Yeah, so they'll just drop drop ship inventory and then we'll check it in and put it back in the back end. What are you doing in your facility for the stock? Like how, what, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I pre-print and put it on the shelf, but like, I want to know like, how, how is it going on the shelf? Are you putting it in a fucking shirt box? Is it going in a special uh, tub that you can reach in and grab? Like, what are you doing? So we're, we're basically making it like retail ready. So they're all flipping folded in like they're stacked by design and size. The goal next year, when, so when we move next year, that's we're kind of shifting into having like a bigger like warehouse fulfillment side. Cause the goal is to get to a point where the SKUs in the back end of every website will say like, you know, shelf E bin four. So like if you have your packing slip, it'll just spit it out and say like, go to the shelf and go to this bin number. And that's what's in there already. So if you like, if it's like something that has like the same shirt, but like there's a couple of different colors, it's like dummy proof. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now it's like a little more reading. They got like read the description, but I mean, because we only have like eight stores, it's not that hard to just like go into the stock room and like find what you need. Yeah. We'll generally just do like one store at a time. That's, what, that's what I do too. Like, I don't want to have, I don't want to be one of those shops that has like a fulfillment side. That's like, take anything that comes in and I have this huge like fulfillment company. It's like, I just want to do fulfillment for same as you, like my, you know, 10 to 20 good customers that I know sell a shitload of stuff. And I just have a department in the shop where it's just their stuff's on the shelf and they can Mm -hmm. pick from it. So I'm, but I'm just trying to, um, we've been doing fulfillment stuff for a long time like that, but I've never like really dove into it. I've just done like the dummy way where it's just like, print print stuff leave it in a box like you would send a customer and just like when they sell, sell something just like pull that shirt out of the box fold it up yeah, then you're like bags. rifling through the boxes and stuff. right but that's what i'm saying i yeah, don't, don't want to do that anymore i want to have it like organized you're mostly selling shirts though because you know right unless unless i i don't know but you're mostly selling t-shirts whereas if you had a, a true fulfillment store and you could sell stickers and mugs and all these other things i'm doing that yeah you are doing that mm-hmm. do okay but that's the thing is it's mostly printed stuff. Like it's mostly stuff that we do, but if the customer is like, Hey, I want to do a mug or I want to do some stickers. I'm like, okay, cool. I just put them in another box and like, I'll order them the mugs or I'll order them the stickers and then I'll just put them on the shelf with the stuff. So when it sells, I'll just grab it and put it in the bag. But like I said, I'm, de- I'm dealing with stuff where it's like, what's the proper way to ship a mug? 
You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm bubble wrapping it and putting it in its own box and everything else. But what if they buy two mugs? It's like, right. Yeah. It's like that's logistics side that gets hard. Right. And then I'm having people like it works well for a while. And then you get that one customer is like, Hey, I got my two mugs and they smack together and like, they're both broken now. Yeah, but that's going to happen like no matter what. Right, right. Like we like we like overpack so much stuff and like no matter what, no matter what you do cuz like some dick is going to like throw it out of their fucking truck window <laughs> and then drive over it and put it back in the truck and like oh, it's a it's that beginning to Ace Ventura when he's a UPS guy trying to get into that apartment and he's fucking <laughs> kicking yeah, the know. box down the hallway. That's how I feel that's how I feel like they actually handle shit because I'm like there's no fucking way. Like we put like regular size bubble wrap in and around this mug. And then we have like the really big bubble, like green ones that we wrap around it again. And then it goes in a box. And it's like the only way this could have broken is somebody fucking like pitched it at the wall. But you got to get the stickers to put on it and say, don't pitch at wall. Yeah. Please do not use this as a baseball. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Yeah. yeah, that's the hard part is I feel like, especially now, like we probably get an email a day or more saying my package was lost by the post office. It says delivered, but it's not here. Or it just says pre-shipment. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, that's, I mean, it, you get, again, like the more shipping you do, the more you get right to that. Like as far as like the, uh, like it says it was delivered, but it's not here thing. Like I always make the customer do a little bit of legwork in like a really yeah. nice way. Yeah, so I like, do too. Like, oh, like, because like, like, like a lot of times I'll be like, oh, go ask your neighbors. And they're like, oh yeah, my upstairs neighbor had and they just didn't tell me. There's like sitting mm-hmm. on their table and like, I was going to bring it down to you. I just haven't gotten down there yet. So I always like try to make them do like a little bit of something. I had a lady call me like kind of pissy not that long ago. And she was like, you know, it says delivered. It's not here. I don't have it, you know, whatever. And I was like, are you sure? Like it says here that it was like dropped off by this door or whatever. She's like, all right, I'll go look. And then she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. It is here. It's where they put the packages. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? It's where they put the packages? Like you just fucking told me it wasn't like, there. You're like looking for a package and you don't look where the packages go. Yeah, like like I guess her husband comes home and puts all her mail on a table, but it's like, oh, it's where like the mailman drops off. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? That's the hardest part for me is just the the customer stuff, like a, dealing with the customer. It's yeah. just more of that. You know what I mean? Like before, you're like, oh, I could make extra money shipping stuff, but now it's like. You're doing that, but you're also getting customers that are like, I ordered this, but I didn't realize, you know, I'm a lot fatter than I thought I was. So this doesn't fit. What can you do for me? And it's like, ship it back. I'll send you another one. Yeah. So all of our, like we automated in ShipStation, you can like make a custom packing slip. So the bottom of every packing slip has like a form that you just fill out. So if it doesn't fit you, you don't want it. Mm -hmm. They just have it there already. It comes with it and they just fill out like, reason for exchange or reason for return. And then like, we don't like give them a shipping label. They just ship it back to us. So like they, that, that way that like cut our emails in half. Cause now we just get packages in the mail. It's open up. It's like, okay, they, they either want this or they want their money back. One or the other. So the customer has to pay for shipping back to you. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the store, but yeah, most of them. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get people who will reach out and be like, Hey, can you like give me a label like or whatever? Um, but like generally like the stores we do, like they all have their own like re- return exchange policies. Um, and most of them are, you, you pay for your label to go back. Yep. Yeah. We do that too. Cause like I said, it's like, I'm not going to pay back and forth, back and forth when it's an item that you just didn't read the size chart. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, why do I have to pay another six bucks to get your item back to me and then ship you out another one when it's just, 
an error on your part for picking that item. I mean, if it's like an issue that we had or something, something was wrong with something, it's like, yeah, I'll fix it. Or you didn't get something or it was the wrong size, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a label. Yeah. But if you're just returning something. Yeah, I mean, we will, like, anyway. if people like fight us, like we'll just, you know, we don't like fight people on it. Like if they're like mad about it, you know, we'll just yeah. cut a label on a ship station and send it over to them. You start with them shipping and then if it turns out that you've got to cover it, then you will. But you, yeah. that's, how you, that's how you start the whole thing. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. We, we all cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to start somewhere though, and you can't give them everything. So you start somewhere, and then you see how how you know how that works, and, and go from there. Yeah. Uh, last week we had two days that it was sixty five degrees here in St. Louis in December, and so that's that's a big deal. Um, and I and during those during that like, it was like right after lunch, we, and we were we've been super busy, and so we've basically been inside these this building, you know, from the time I get here to the end of the day and, and don't even leave. And so I made it a point because it was just so nice. I made it a point to, to grab Joanne and we walked outside and sat like on the, at the next building over um, behind that building. And we just sat there and, you know, it was beautiful out. And so just to take a break, you know, to, to walk away and you know, like get outside the building, not just a break mm -hmm. inside the building, but to actually walk outside and, you know, leave here for a moment and then come back. Um, what do you do for, for breaks? Do you sometimes never get a break? And, and do you find that if, if that's the case, are you grumpy or, or, or actually do you come back from, from just a, and I'm just talking like 15 minutes or 20 minutes to go outside and take that break. Do you kind of, uh, it seems like anyway, I come back and I'm, I'm fresh and I can, I'm actually work. I'm more productive, you know, yeah. less stressed. Uh, and, um, I don't I mean, and when it's nice out, like we lunch outside every day, um, but I just like, I get myself into like, uh, just like nonstop working. And then the next thing I know it's like 3 PM and I haven't eaten and I haven't taken a break. And I'm like, Oh my God, I just gotta like sit down. Um, I mean, when we're like a medium amount of business, uh, I can kind of like regulate my breaks and stuff, but I just tend to like kind of go, go, go until I get like queasy from not eating. <laughs> but this year has been tough too, because like we used to like, we used to all take a break and eat lunch together as a, like an entire team. And it was like a really good bonding thing. And it was a good time for everyone to just like take a break and sit back and relax. But, um, now we stagger lunches cause of like, you know, workplace precautions. And I've gotten into like, just like sit on my computer or do it, you know, whatever I'm doing all day. And I'm like, I don't forget to take a break, but I should, I should go outside more. I should take actual breaks. <laughs> I mean, that's how my couple of weeks ago, that's how my breaks were. That's, ex this is exactly how they went. Just like you said, Oh, I'm hungry. I go sit at my desk and start to eat and then I'm answering emails, you know, as um instead of like enjoying a, a break for a moment, my break is actually eating as fast as I can yeah. while I'm on emails. And I'm like, yeah. that's, this isn't the way I should be doing this. This isn't a real break. Yeah. You know, this is, yeah. I need to actually walk out of here or, or something, you know? And so. Um, yeah. I, I, I definitely like, cause like I get distracted by staff all the time, you know, like I need to remove myself from the situation sometimes. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm they're constantly like, I mean, in, in a good way, you know, like, it's not like there's a problem, sure. but you know, yeah, sure. Like my oh, door is always open. Yeah. You know? Can you do this or can you fix this or mm -hmm. Hey, come prove this or how does this look? Or a customer walks in or the phone rings or, you know, it's like constantly. And they don't know that you're looking to, you know, take five minutes or whatever, because they don't know that you also that four other people were just in line asking you questions and then they're gone and then they come up you know, and they're the fifth person in a row. And you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, I just, I just need five minutes, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's like, um, it was really good. And so I wanted to, 
I was just curious how you handled, you know, you, you make yourself break like a mandatory break or, you know, and force you yourself to do yeah. it. Cause I think, you set I think an alarm, yeah. I really do think, <laughs> right. Like have an alarm go off. It's like, sorry, that's it. So I mean, a, if you, yeah, if you like, don't, cause if you really, if you don't, you, you'll all of a sudden you'll find yourself at three o'clock and you're like, holy shit, you know, it's three o'clock. And like you said, I haven't taken a piss in four hours and I'm, and I'm hungry and, yeah, I'm always like, kind of, oh man, I haven't drank any water today. Like <laughs> mouth is so dry, I've been talking nonstop. <laughs> but yeah, good point. Dylan doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't understand uh, this, this sort of taking a break thing. My entire days of, my entire days of break. Yeah, fuck that. It, I'm just like, we generally take lunch at noon. Like everybody here kind of like finishes up what they're doing or whatever around noon. And then we take lunch for like a half hour to an hour. Most of the time it's an hour. And like most of us go get lunch somewhere, come back to the shop and we literally sit down together and watch YouTube videos. It's usually like, you know, sciencey videos that we like, like Colin Furs or, you know, Smarter Every Day or something like that. And then we watch like Fail Army videos for a while. So people are getting hit in the nuts. <laughs> um, and then, and then, yeah, we just fuck around and watch videos, funny videos for an hour. And then when that's done, we're all, you know, for an hour. Mine was clear. Yeah. We take lunch for an hour. Okay. Well, and then we go back to work and everybody's got the second half of the day to go back to what they were doing. All jazzed up and ready to go. That sounds yeah. really healthy. It's nice. I like it. I think that's the way um, it should be. I think you all, I think, I don't know about YouTube videos for an hour, but I think that, a, I mean, you know, a break to, to grab something you. to eat <laughs> and <laughs> maybe sleep or, you know, take a nap. Like take a, a siesta. quick nap, a little siesta, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's I like you're with, your, you're with your guys and you're doing something the first half of the day and everybody's busy or in the mode and they're not talking and they're just standing next to each other printing or something because they're in the work mode. It's nice to just have that like stop, okay, let's go get whatever we're going to eat for lunch, sit down, laugh together mm-hmm. or like pick stuff up or, you know, whatever in the videos. And it's like, talk about interesting stuff. Like me and Brian, will get into escalation pretty hard. Where we'll start, start off with one concept. And then by the end, like aliens live on your skin or some <laughs> shit. And then, you know, it's like, okay, it's, you know, it's, it's almost one o'clock. Let's like, wrap this up and go back out to printing. And then you can always tell like when everybody's back to work too, cause all of a sudden the fucking receiver kicks on and music's super loud and everybody's back into like, all right, let's do the second half of the day. Um, so it's just nice to like cut it in half and be like, yeah. let's do, let's do it again. Yeah. It's a nice reset. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed that uh, your shops, neither you guys have to wear like masks in your shops. Is that like a state thing? Or is that like a comfort level thing or like, just kind of curious from seeing that on social media. Well, I feel like for us, it's more of like we're in a small town and everybody that works here just basically goes from work to home to work to home and we see each other every day. So, and I don't really ever get walk-ins like once in a while and you, the walk-ins come with a mask and we'll like put a mask on. But I think generally just like the day to day seeing the same people for, you know, whatever we're, we're not really masking up. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but we just, all of us kind of looked at each other and we're like, I'm not wearing a fucking mask all day. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, For us, we've been uh, masked for, for months at the front for any, you know, at our retail uh, at the counter. Um, We have, there's in in the production, we're, we're masking up now. However, there's a few exceptions. So, 
um, there's one, uh, the one press on the eight color, both of the, both of those guys have had COVID. And so they kind of knew they put a mask on when they're leaving, but when they're at the press and they're isolated sort of by them at that press, they're not wearing a mask on unless somebody approaches them with a question or whatever, then they have it with them. I think for me in the beginning, it was just kind of like, we're all in this together. Like I didn't make a boss decision and I was like, we're not wearing masks or we're going to wear a mask. I just pretty much asked everybody like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And I think everybody was just like, ah, I'm okay. Like I'm okay with it. Like, like I said, yeah, we well, all know each other here. We all know our like kind of lifestyle after work and we're all just, it's not like one of us is going clubbing every night and then coming in. Then it would be like, all right, stay the fuck away from me. Put a mask on. What do you think about uh, companies um, having a mandatory vaccine uh, vaccination policy? Have you heard of some, you know, like talk about that? I've heard of that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it exists, but uh, will will exist. Yeah. I don't know how I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like most my staff are, have already been like, I'm going to get vaccinated as soon as I can. Um, I don't know how I feel about, making someone do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what I feel like with this whole thing is it's all like choice. It's like, what do you want to do? Um, I don't think I would make anybody get a vaccine. I don't even know if I want a fucking vaccine. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, I, they're putting chips in it. I'm just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, dude, they fucking rushed that shit. They made him vaccine super fast. It's what's going to happen is we're all going to take a vaccine and that's going to be 28 days later. We're all fucking zombies and rage monkeys and shit. Yeah. Well like, here, like here, well, so we have a mask mandate in Vermont and it's like super rare to like see someone not wearing a mask. Yeah. Well, that, we have the same thing like outside of the shop, like my shop, there's only 10 of us here. So like it's, it's a small group of people. Like if I had, if I had like 50 employees, I'd be like, yeah, we probably should be all wearing masks. But like, if I go to the pizza place down the road to get lunch, everybody's got a mask on. If I go in an ATM to get money out, I have a mask on, you know, post office, everything, everywhere you go outside of here, you have to have a mask on, which I'm totally fine with. But if I'm sitting in my own like office, that's like my home basically is how it feels. It's like, I'm not wearing a mask in here all day long. I did make my employees just wear clear plastic bags over themselves. Right. And tied on <laughs> just, around their neck. Yeah. Yeah. And that way it's right. not on your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well, but I don't know how I feel about the whole thing. It's all, it's all weird. I, I'm probably don't have the right answers, but I don't know. It, like I said, I'm just letting everybody here choose what they want to do and nobody's offended by anybody else's choice. So it works out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. What do you guys, this is a question, it's not really for you, but for all of us, I guess, like, what do you guys do for like employee benefits? Um, do you have benefits? Do you have any paid time off? Do you have like a set in, certain set of like, this person has to work here for a year before they get X amount of paid days off, all that stuff. I, w- I want to hear both of your, yeah, we, do's. so we, uh, after six months, you're eligible for uh, retirement contributions. Uh, so we do uh, a match for that. So like we match up to a certain percent and then you can put in whatever you want after that. Uh, and then I give everyone four weeks PTO. Um, but you have like two of those weeks are allocated to like major holidays and the other two weeks you can use for whatever you want. Um, and then we have, we have like snacks and like we stock the fridge with drinks and stuff. And, um, we're currently looking into health insurance, but it's just so expensive. Yeah. Um, in Vermont too, like the exchange is like, they, they have pretty good, um, um, 
you know, like payments for people. So like, it's, it's cheaper for them to just go through the exchange. And it is for us. Cause when, it, as soon as we offer it, like they now have to get like, uh, like full price health insurance. Mm-hmm. So like if, even if we can, you know, we offer X amount of dollars, but then you have to cover the rest. But like generally like what we can offer versus what the state exchange can offer right now is, is better. That's, um, that's pretty much what happened to us is I looked into health insurance at one point and it was going to be like stupid expensive for me to do. And then the lady was just, that was talking to me about it was just like, well, what do your current employees get now? Like, do they have, you know, like some of them have spouses that they're on their insurance because they work for the school or whatever else. And it's like almost everybody here qualified for either like, you know, Medicare or Medicaid or whatever, or they got it through a spouse or whatever. And it was like, nobody here really needed it. You know what I mean? Like maybe one or two, but it was like, it's not worth me getting shop wide health insurance because I would have just been yeah. paying for it when they could have got it for nothing. Yeah. I think at a certain point, like when we get maybe like five or six more people, assuming we get to that point, uh, you start getting like better bulk, like group rates, but like not until you have like a certain number of employees. Um, right. So uh, it's, it's kind of shitty that we can't do it, but like at the same time, like, you know, I mean, we try to just be like as flexible as we can with everything else. And, um, uh-huh. you know, so I don't know. That's, you? that's how I feel too. Like, I feel like I, I would do anything for anybody here if they ever needed anything or whatever. Like I try to give them as much as it's weird to say benefits, but like whatever you need, dude, like unlimited we'll, Pringles. Yeah. Unlimited Pringles. Like you want a couple of Pringles? I'll give you, yeah. I'll give you some stacks. Um, some stacks. but what do you do, Andy? Um, pretty similar. So we have, um, um, all there's six holidays that are paid and then I have two weeks PTO. Um, so you, it's, it's more like, um, I guess it's about three weeks, not four, uh, in total. Um, we do, we don't have any, does every employee get that or is that a certain time? Yeah, everyone does. But if you, let's say if you're a new hire though, your first year, you have to accrue it. So like you don't instantly get it's not like on Step Brothers when they got two weeks vacation and they said they wanted to use that up front and they're going to start two <laughs> weeks later, <laughs> which is a great move. But, yeah. uh, but we, so you have to accrue it. And so the first year you're accruing it at the way I do it, your first year um, is you get one hour uh, per, how do I do it? Per week. Yeah. So if there's 52 weeks, you get 52 per hours. 40 hours. Yeah. Okay. Um, you actually get a little more than, than a week your first year. Your first year is the only year you don't get as much, you know, because it's hard to calculate. You, know, you just start. And plus, I don't know if you're going to last, you know, and so you, you start working here. Well, that's why I would say like after your first year, you get on January 1st or whatever. So you we did. Yeah, it's all awarded on, on the it's actually January 2nd because, you know, we that's one of the paid holidays is in your day. And so we do it on January 2nd. So like, let's say you started in, you know, with 10 weeks left in the year. Well, you'd get 10 hours because you work 10 weeks. And so it's just really easy to calculate. For me anyway, it was just super easy to calculate and I just plug it into ADP and there it is. And then, it, and then from then on, it's way easier. Um, and plus, you know, you should, should you get, you know, all that, all of that PTO just, you know, for being there um, for 10 weeks. Um, there, I think there was an occasion, I think there was, I remember maybe one or two times in our negotiations for hiring somebody that I, I gave them a week just off, right off, right, right out of the gate. Um, but, but generally that's how it works. And then we do have group health with, uh, Anthem Blue Cross. Um, and I did, um, we've had that for 
maybe six or seven at least years. And I thought that was really important because, you know, we had, and we had enough people to, for it to make sense. You know, there weren't, mm-hmm. I understand when you have a, maybe a smaller group or your group happens to have insurance through their, like your spouse, like just like you said, but there were enough people where um, I think I ran into a spot where I wasn't retaining, uh, you know, like that's such a huge thing. If you can have insurance, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. at, at, a, at a company, that's a huge, re- and it's good. Like it's not shitty insurance, you know, like it's the quality insurance. Well, I've ran, in, I've ran into that a couple of times where like you're ready to hire somebody for something and they're like, oh, what kind of benefits and insurance do you have? And I'm like, I ain't got that. I don't have any of that shit. You get paid like when you work here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but that did, but do they, do they. Well, that's what I'm saying. Those people didn't come here. They were okay. like, yeah, you know what I mean? They said no. Yeah. 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 I think it's really important and you know, it's expensive. I mean, we cover, we always cover more than half just so I'm. You know, there the it comes every two weeks. We pay biweekly, and every two weeks it's seventy five bucks. I mean, that's a fucking great deal. So, um, and if they want their spouse on it, then we don't. We you, can't cover it's that. It's seventy five bucks per employee. Yeah, it just uh, and what's nice about that, um, and how you can can you like you were saying you were exp- uh, comparing it to the exchange in Vermont. I guess the benefit of having insurance at your at the at, at your business or at the company is that it's pre-taxed. And so, right. That's, yeah. you know, that $75. So every month it's $150 a month. That $150 is, um, is taken out before taxes, you know, it's just, there's it's savings only, there. It's only $150 a month. Yeah. For if to work here, if you want insurance, it's 150 bucks. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are, I mean, play, so I, I think the problem is like, I don't mean Vermont. 150 so bucks for the employee. Not, not yeah. for, not for, you know, Shirkong pays the other half or sometimes more. Yeah. But you like, I mean? so yeah, but like our plans at like full price, cause we had, there's like no competition here. So like there's two health insurance companies. So like the plans start at like four to $500. It's so like, you can't like, like that's such a cheap plan. Hmm. Did just, maybe you have like better, more options. Andy maybe. batted his eyes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Missouri, we have, uh, every time I have, uh, I don't know if she's, if she's licensed and, or what it takes, but I could, I can give you my contact. I would love that. Andy's not actually paying for insurance. He's just paying some yeah. lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Here's some cards. Number on them. <laughs> Luckily nobody's had to use it yet. Yeah. We haven't had to use it yet. I don't they know. Find out that they find out if they break their leg, they have to go to Wanda's house <laughs> to get fucking fixed up. <laughs> yeah. There's one, one nurse in the, uh, in the exchange there. Yeah. It's like that, uh, like that mob boss, uh, doctor who will just fix you up in an alley real quick so you don't have to go to the hospital that's what andy has (laughs) (laughs) it's better than my plan i don't have anybody so if they break something they're fucked well what are they i guess they have to they have something otherwise they're getting yeah they have their own insurance i'm just saying that like i that's something that i want to get better at i want to get better at more stuff you know, more benefits for the employees and stuff. It's it's not something I've not done because I was like, well, fuck them. It's like, I just haven't done it because it didn't make sense at the time. And now it's starting to make sense. So I I'll wanna, be honest. I mean, I want to do more and more. It's, it's work, you know, like I'm the admin on it. I had help um, a few years ago. There was somebody here that, um, you know, shared that some of the workload with it. I mean, it's not too bad, but there are things that come along where, you know, you have to keep, you know, keep your shit together. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's work, 
but um but it's also um just like you said if you're hiring somebody and you're offering insurance it might be the reason why they choose your shop over maybe a right. different job you know or or it's a reason why somebody wants to stay yeah um, yeah i mean the bigger we get i'm sure it's we're gonna run to those those kinds of things too and like my goal with this company isn't is to like be a job creator like i don't like i mean i love screen printing so like my life passion but like i also want to like be able to offer jobs that are like fun and like you can actually live off and you can like buy a house with you know like i don't want to just be like just come in here work real quick yeah it'll be fine like here's some money like i want like my staff if they want to be like i want this to be a career for them you know, like, you know yeah. what i love is when i see in our parking lot a car with like in transit like new somebody gets a new car and they've got plates on the on the temporary plates it's it's awesome like it makes me feel good it's like hey they work here and they can afford to go buy a new car yeah. And I don't know, that's, you're exactly right. You know, you want people that are working for you that to make a living wage or better, you know, not, not struggling. I get it that there's times where, where things happen in, in, in people's lives that, you know, it, it's tough, but you don't want them to be paycheck, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Right. Yeah. In other words. Yep. I just want to make sure everybody's taken care of, you know, it sucks to see somebody not doing well. So I want to, I was just curious, you know, I want to figure that shit out. So yeah, I laugh every time. Do you guys do any kind of like bump bonuses or anything? Do you Andy? Do you do bonuses? (laughs) Um, So I occasionally do. Uh, It's never like, Oh, at the end of the year where let's figure out a bonus. Um, I mean, maybe I did that a couple of times, but I, I do it when um, somebody does, you know, goes beyond expectations, let's say, you know, that's usually what I do too. It's like, if you can tell they're putting in extra time or they went above and beyond the daily nine to five, um, I'll do something like that. Or like I said, I'll try to do something like Christmas time or whatever and just be like, everybody gets X or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I do that, but I also, I also don't do it very much. And I think it's because I would rather give them a, uh, like a permanent, um, compensation adjustment instead of, Hey, here's a bonus of whatever you're going to, whatever it is. I think that's forgotten. I mean, maybe they remember, you know, Oh, I remember one time you gave me, you know, 400 bucks or whatever it is, but you don't forget the fact that you, what you make every, you know, when you get that pay stub, you know, every time what you're, you know, what they don't forget is when you get them like a Taco Bell party pack and you're (laughs) like, like, crunch wrap supreme. Right. Be like, Hey man, anything you want off the menu, I'll get for you. Under $5. Yeah, under, yeah, yeah. Don't go crazy. <laughs> I mean, geez, it every time. cut it back. Cut it back. It's like that. Uh, Taco Bell Express only. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so what all do you guys offer at New Duds? Like obviously screen printing, but you do embroidery and like stuff that you do in-house, I guess. Yep. Uh, yeah, screen printing, heat pressing. It's a big one. Uh, yeah. Embroidery, uh, fulfillment, obviously. And then we also do flat stock printing. Um, do you do a shit. lot of flat stock or, uh, I mean, not nearly as much as like shirts, but like we've got, you know, a handful of clients who keep the press running pretty well. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know, because we are all our, our school kids, it's kind of like the passion side of, of it. Right. Um, I mean, it's like a pretty different medium, but, um, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we do like a fair amount of gig, like gig posters and stuff. Do you just do a lot of word of mouth stuff for marketing or do you yeah, try it? A, no, like almost a hundred percent of word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like Instagram is like the only thing I do. Uh-huh. Do you get a good Every amount now, of work from it? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think we have a, like on our form submission page on our website, like the very last question is like, how do you hear about us? Right. And it's most of the time it's either a friend, Instagram or Google search. Yeah. yeah. What do you do for fun when you're not printing? I run when you're you're not at work. Yeah. (laughs) I run. run? Yeah. I run. That's like for fun and for stress relief. Um, I I got, I got two kids, so it's pretty much like work and then go home, hang out with them. How old are your uh, kids? Eight and six. Yeah. So I have a eight like and 10. Eight and 10. Yeah. So I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, they keep, keep me back pretty bit. I mean, especially with like, like this whole pandemic thing, it's like, we can't like do that much. So it's go to work and then go home and hang out with the family and then go to work and then go home and hang out with the family, try to exercise and eat well and not go crazy. Yeah. Do you get your kids anything crazy for Christmas? Um, no, nah, I mean, nothing too crazy. Like they always have a wish list, and we like, we try to like, you know, as long as it's you not burn like, it in front of them and then give them <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> there's no fuckers. Well, I can say that on here. <laughs> no, they might watch us. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we let them like, you know, mail, mail in their, their Christmas. List Somebody list. here, um, has this thing where they give their kids three gifts. One is new. One is repurposed and one they made. Like that's it, three. Yeah, you that's, know, that's good. I think so too. I like it. I mean, I wouldn't really, have liked that yeah. as a kid. As a kid, I would have been. I would have protested. Yeah. But uh, as a as a parent, you know, and I think it's I think it's pretty good. Like most presents that that kids get, or I mean, my kid when I at that age, I if I were to get him like a, a nice, you know, went to Toys R Us and we got this hundred whatever dollar thing that you put together. He played with it for probably an hour. And then if they I play were, with a box but yeah, if I were for like a three bucket, days. Like, or a, like right. some sort of bucket from, from Home Depot. Yeah. He'd play with that for a week. Yeah. You know? So um, I don't know. It's, I think people overdo it. That's for sure. But, uh, but, but on this topic, we've got an Inksoft question. We're sponsored by Inksoft. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a question that's, that's on this topic. And Dylan, you want to go for it? What was your favorite Christmas present you ever got? Oh, man. That's well, like, there's so see, this many one's, years. This one's super hard for me because me and Andy were talking about this before we started the episode and we both thought of the same question to ask you, which was what's your favorite Christmas present? Well, I but said what right after, present? right after I thought of that question, I was like, I have no fucking idea what my favorite Christmas <laughs> present is. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, I gotta like think for a long time about all the Christmas presents I've got. I mean, I think like the one that I can like remember like most uh, recently was like when I had my first shop, my dad bought me like one of those like two shelf, like rolling toolboxes. And I, that was like awesome. You know, like, cause I just had like a little toolbox and like the shop was always like messy with tools and, yeah. um, you know, it was like big too. So it was like fun unwrapping, <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, 27 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, like that, that one sticks out to me. Um, I don't know, like as, as a kid, like, I don't remember, like maybe that's the problem. Like you give kids all these things. I'll be right back. Andy, you go ahead with yours. I got I got to grab something for mine, I guess. Mine was the Atari 2600 and Ooh. that's going back a long time, mm-hmm. but I loved it. Yeah. I played, I don't know. I bought, I didn't come with a lot of games, but you know, over, I, like that was the thing that I would do is I would, I would save up and, and go buy a, you know, a game for it. And yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. We got the original NES, you know, I don't know if that was a Christmas present or not, but I don't remember that far back. Cause, but, uh, that was like a pretty cool present. Mm-hmm. 
Did you say yeah. what yours was? Yeah, they make those now, you know, like they make the, yeah. I, I have that, the little one, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. preloaded with like 30 <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are awesome. Yeah. What was your answer? Did you use, oh. My answer was, it was an, I got an Atari. But, um, and I have the same one now, just like he was just talking about, you can get those preloaded with like a, a zillion games. Right, but because you're, games. because you're 85 years old, you got like the original tar- Atari when yeah, it came out. Yeah, the very out, first right? Atari, it was in 1940. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, my favorite, my favorite was like a stick in a hoop. It was great. <laughs> you know that one time? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, so did you just go get your favorite Christmas present? <laughs> well, it's not a Christmas present. I need to, I need to, go back on this a little bit but my dad i talk about my dad a lot on instagram because my dad's here like almost every single day because he's like he's kind of like a jack of all trades kind of guy and like he retired like a bunch of years ago he used to drive truck and he blew his knees out and shit now he can't like work but he's always done like carpentry stuff so he basically like fixes everything around here like he he completely remodeled most of the building he does like all this crazy stuff for me all the time and uh growing up, he's always kind of like made me stuff. Like, you know, I'll be like, Oh, I want this thing. Or I could use this thing. Or he'll be like, Oh, I made, you know, I made you this cabinet for this stuff or I made this or whatever. So anyway, like for my birthday this year, so this isn't a Christmas present for my birthday. Uh, he gave me this thing that he made. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because the backstory is when we were remodeling the offices next door, um, the building's super old, whatever. So, when we were tearing all the walls out and getting everything down to the studs, I was like, you know, masked up, like gross, grabbing shit out of the walls. A lot of the insulation was like hay <laughs> and like fucking, you know, just random shit like that. So I, w- I didn't have gloves on and I was like pulling stuff out of the wall, pulling stuff out of the wall. One of the handfuls I pulled out of the wall was a completely mummified rat, like full oh. rat. <laughs> grabbed it a full hand of it held it and i was like oh shit it's a rat so i sat <laughs> on the ground and i was like it was crazy because it was like a, a complete rat like the whole body everything like just mummified skin and the tail even comes up and like curls and stuff <laughs> and uh we cleaned a lot of the stuff up and i had the rat like set aside and i was like oh this is really cool and then one day i was over there working and the rat was gone and i was like dad did you throw away the rat he's like oh yeah i must have like picked it up and threw it in the garbage or whatever. And I was like, fuck, I kind of wanted to keep that rat. So then like, whatever, like two months goes by and it's my birthday and my dad hands me this present or whatever. Well, he took like random things that we like destroyed over there and like put this one gift together. So there was like an exit sign above the door that he took and made like the box and frame the glass with. So he made the upstate rat. <laughs> what? Oh, you can't see because of the glare. So so much glare. Yeah. I know it sucks. I don't know how I can get rid of the glare. <laughs> I mean, you but can anyway, see it. it's a full rat, and he put sunglasses on it, <laughs> and it's it's changed to a prison bench. Yeah, I can see it now. Perfect. <laughs> and he made like this whole, and this is like I said, this is the exit sign, <laughs> and uh, it's just shit like that. It's like I, he totally get that I would think that was amazing. So I'm gonna like keep this forever. So I think a lot of my favorite gifts are the ones that are just like real, like somebody didn't just go to a store and they bought something off a shelf and like, take it, you know, I, you'll probably like this. It's like shit. That's just like handmade or, you know, they found something cool that, you know, somebody made, you know, by hand or whatever. And they're like, this is the only one that exists. Like this is the only fucking upstate rat in the world that exists. 
that's like chained to a one. table. I gotta find it. I gotta find an upstate rat for my shop. Well, the funny thing is, is he was he like looked the shit up online. He's like, apparently they're rare if you can find them like fully mummified. I'm like, oh. I'm pretty sure Chris said he found like three mummified like uh, squirrels in his barn, and I was like, there's just all these crazy well, Dylan, animals. Uh, that's a really sick gift. And um, it was a great you mean story. Sick isn't like awesome, right? Not like sick. <laughs> yeah, <isn't> gross. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> it was a really, it was a great gift, and it was a great story. But never give me shit about telling a, a long story again. That was That's a it. perfectly so good story. It was a great story, but you, you know, that's was, the end of it. It wasn't a short story. But my was, story didn't start with this building was constructed in 1864. <laughs> and they did. used, no, it did, it did not. It was, I was pulling insulation out of the wall, got a rat, made this thing. The fucking story's over. Some of the insulation was hay. Right. And some of it was an, a fucking entire carcass. Well, Tori, do you have a, a shop hack that shop uh, hack? Yeah. yeah I mean, hack. I thought about this for a, a little while. Um, so I got a couple of like small ones. I'm sure they're not like, like, you know, super. They're all cool. Uh, no matter what they are. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is one thing that we do. Uh, it's called, we call it a screen print sheet. So like every job that we do, it's just got like this form that the printers fill out and on the backside. It's got like this thing. So it's like every head on the press and they just go through and like, we'll write down like what mesh it was, what Pantone, uh, the, the flash time and temperature the squeegee angle. And then they just file that away with the Pantones. So like every job has one of these. So, so I mean, it's a we paper file. It never goes into um, just like goes the into cloud a, or any software. No, it goes, it goes into one of these binders full of pan or uh, full of Pelon like prints. Okay. Um, I mean, we do a lot of digital stuff too, but like it's a quick, because they're going to reference that when they pull, especially if it's a job like we did like, you know, like a year and a half ago, like they, they'll just go through and find the print and then uh, pop that in. That's a really good. I think that, um, for the longest time, there'd be a reorder here. And we're like, oh, you know, who printed that last time? Or how did you print that? Or what was your print order? And we didn't have that kind of stuff. You found out um, you had to like double hit the color because it looked weird. Or well, something things like change, yeah. you know, like you, you go into the job and you think it's going to print one way. Or maybe sometimes even you're going to use, um, and that's, that's a big one we changed, is that our proof, let's say it was a, a two-color job and it was white and we were using a bright red. Or, or whatever Pantone number you were going to use. And then it got on press and you ended up changing because of some reason. We, would, we cannot print that job until we get a new proof, until you go in to Illustrator, change your proof, and you know, to have it be correct, and then bring that new proof out. Because what had happened is we'd change the color on press and maybe, maybe we went a little lighter or a little darker because whatever. Then um, the next time around, we would go and set it up just the same way and we'd maybe even print it wrong, you know, print the wrong color because we, because we, because we, it changed on press. And so we, we made it so that you cannot print that order and you cannot print that job until you go in and print it, get a new proof out. Um, but also, like you just said, that's, that's a really good shop hack. And I think a lot of people should do it is just write down, take little notes just like you just did. And whether it's on paper or we, we throw it in Monday, we just, we'll just type up very quick, like, Oh, did that, you know, PFP or did we not just like you said, a squeegee angle or print order, things like that. If it changes, then just get it in, get it somewhere, you know? Yeah. It also like really gets good. it into their, into their mind as well. Like when they're going through and actually physically writing it all down, like then they're actually thinking about like squeegee angles and flash times and stuff like that. So it's kind of like builds into the whole process of printing anyway. They're not just like, Oh yeah, we just threw on press and the printer is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good one. But, uh, the other thing we do here, I don't know if shops do this or not, but when we, we, we don't use spray adhesive very often, 
But when we do, we just like take a cardboard box and put it under the loading station and then put a fan on top of it. And then a filter on top of that, like a, just a furnace filter. Mm-hmm. Just say it. Cause it just sucks all like the, the extra spray around it, like straight down into it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably stole that from someone, but do you have, do you use anything like that for just regular lint under the press or only when you do spray stuff? Just spray. Yeah. Yeah. We, there's uh, some shops, there's some shops that I know and I looked into this for a little while. Um, but I think most of it ended up coming from our dryer, our old dryer. Cause I think I just didn't have a great like filter or exhaust system on it. And the shop always had like that, you know, every, every shop has it where it has that like fine lint on everything. And then like once mm-hmm. a week or every couple of days you sweep it up or whatever. I think a lot of it was just from the dryer, but I know a couple shops that have those like boxes where they build like a, a wooden box and then they put like an industrial fan in it. And then like two yeah. of the sides or whatever have felt like, you know, dryer filters that you buy mm-hmm. for like, or uh, furnace filters. Furnace filters. Yeah. And then you just like peel the lint off every so often. But a lot of the people I was talking to that have them say that most of the lint comes from when you're loading on press. Yeah. So like every time you're loading like a shirt it. and you're going like this to like smooth it out, that lint mm-hmm. will just build up and build up and fall on the floor into the press. Yeah. So. And we, we tend to like kind of snap the shirt a little bit before we put it on, you know, like that little bit. Yeah. You try and but. get some of those um, little boogers off of there before they end up on the back of your first screen. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I know yeah. that. And that's one thing I found, I found out a long time ago was that when you do that, when you load a shirt and you go to smooth it out with your hands, you should always smooth it out in the direction that the squeegee goes. Hmm. Because if you go the opposite direction, you're going to have fibrillation on that print. Right. You're like kind of pre magic Because you're like pulling the fibers up already. And then when the print goes on, it's just going to have that rougher surface to print on. So if you're going to smooth it out, you should smooth it out the same direction the squeegee is going to print. That's a really we good shop hack. Do it. We, we just do it like this. Just smooth it out real quick. Right. <laughs> just it's like when you're like ruffling, ruffling your nephew's hair. Right, right, right. Well, the funny thing is, is we did that. We made that uh, hothead video for M&R a little while ago. And we were trying to figure out how to get the print to look like extra shitty because we wanted it to look like extra fibery. Um, and that's what we did. Is we just took a hoodie and then like took our fingernails and like roughed up the hoodie and then printed on it. And it just like came out super gross. Um, but that was for the effect for the video because it was like a Halloween thing and it was supposed to look scary. But yeah, it's the same thing on like a smaller level. If you're, you know, going in the opposite direction, you're just pulling them all up. And then you're like, what is this like sandpaper? It's like, well, dude, every time your guy loads, he's pulling the fibers up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah that's that was one. that. That's a good yeah. one. Yep. Yep. Did you have any other ones or just those two? Um, no, I think that's it. I was like we walking need, around my shop earlier. We need to find 10. Stuff. That's the requirement is we yeah, need you 10. have to have at least 10 tips. <laughs> All right. Stop recording. <laughs> Start again next week. Let me go figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's probably it. Yeah. No, it's good. Do you have any questions for us? Sure do. Oh, um, shit, he's got a list. I got a list, dude. Hold <laughs> on. This is going to be like three more hours of podcast. That's good. I'm um, here. The one thing that came up actually this week, uh, which I'm kind of surprised in the past 13 years that I haven't done is printed on camo. And we had some like crazy dye migration with one of the colors. Uh, you guys, have you guys done that? And like, did it happen to be black camo? Well, it's like, no, it's like classic forest. It's like two greens, mm-hmm. a tan and a black. And, but it's there's like always that color. one color on camo. I can't remember if it's the tan or it's the light green that no matter what you print on it, it shows through. Okay. So we, we even try like, we put like a, the, the U base down first and then printed right. a white and then printed our cream and orange and black on top of it. 
And it's like, no matter what we did, like some of them were fine, but like a few of them, they just like mm-hmm. bled right through. I ran Gen- into that. Generally, we just use, we either use a blocker or we're automatically going to use poly inks mm-hmm. and then, you know, speed the dryer up for the poly stuff. And then that generally gets rid of it. Um, but yeah, I feel like we always have to do some kind of blocker or poly ink when we go to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, was it an independent, do you know? Was it an independent hoodie? Uh, no, no. It was like some weird brand I never heard of. I feel like I haven't had any dye issues with independent. And that's one of the reasons why we like them so much is because we have consistent results with everything. I feel like it's the, and I, I haven't dove into this too deep, but I definitely, it makes sense. But like we were having that issue when we were doing a lot of like poly shirts for certain like races and stuff where if you bought like a Gildan, uh, like 4,000 or whatever it is there, the poly shirt, it like bled almost every time. And then I found out from some people that said that it's like different companies dye the shirts different ways. And it depends like the cheaper the shirt you get, the more dye issues you're going to have. Or if you get like a little bit more expensive shirt, they probably did like precautions to get it dyed a specific way where it's not going to have so much issues. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So we just end we, up buying the better shirt now. I think independent's a great hoodie and we ran into it recently and we kind of stung us. Um, and here's, here's why. And I, and we, I went in and I looked up the hoodie and they actually have this on SNS. They have this, it says, please note. And it's in red and it says, um, when printing on our camo colorways, it is important that the garment does not reach 320 degrees when flashing or drying. Our camel colorways are a water-based print on 100% cotton fabric surfaces. At 320, you risk ink migration to your print. And so it says to be really safe, some printers use a poly blocker base for low temperature. And so what we did when we re-ran them, because it post bled on us, when we re-ran them, we lowered our dryer to, I think 320, so that we knew it was never gonna go above 320. And, um, and we did use a, a barrier. And it was fine, you know, but it sucks to learn the hard way like that. Cause we print on right. camo with our, with just a super poly it's called just super, super poly white without the barrier. And it's, and it usually works almost, I mean, it has in the past. And then mm-hmm. we got stung on this particular one. So um, yeah. never I, said, I usually, I usually almost always on cam, any kind of camo and on any kind of poly shirt use poly inks. Yeah. We only so really have like dye migration issues. I mean, very rarely will we have it's like something that comes up, but like this one stumped us pretty good. Do you have a sprint dryer, like a gas dryer? No, I have a Radicure. Okay. And what, uh, you have a sprint, right, Dylan? Yeah. What do you run? Uh, what's your temp set at? Just curious. 900. Yours is 900 and you just go fast? The surface of the No, sun. no, that's, that's like, <laughs> no, that's actually like, because like that's the internal temperature of like the actual probe inside. So by the time it gets, I, I actually talked to Rich Hoffman about this because we were having troubles with it when we first got it. And like, that's the temperature, like way up inside the panel. So by the time you get down to the shirt, like it's, it's only right, like yours is electric. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. electric. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like we're a forced air about. electric where it's, it's, there's combustion in there. Like there's, there's air flow. There's air moving. Yeah. Yeah. Air yep. moving in there. But, but that's, yeah. that, that's like the temperature is set to as like but 905 or something like that. What, with that electric kind of dryer, what people like, it's usually an infrared panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's heating the surface when the shirt's going through that, that heat comes down and hits the surface and heats that surface of the shirt. Whereas a gas dryer, it's, it's, it's air. And so air is heating the surface of the shirt, not just 
you know, because until that. So it's going around and in and through the fabric and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, So I think my, I don't know exactly what my settings are. I think it's like, Oh, I want to say it's like a minute 45. No, that can't be right. It's gotta be like 45 seconds at 300 degrees. I think it is for polys. Cause it never gets to like 300. I think it gets to like 285 or 290, I think. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm getting that 280 cure. Um, You're using a low cure. Low cure poly inks. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. We got to switch to a sprint someday, but. We yeah. used to use, we used to have a big, um, a big brown electric dryer. And I, we used that for a really long time. And then I really wanted to get gas because that's when we first started getting into water-based stuff. And then uh, I never realized, I just thought I was always going to have a high electric bill because my electric bill was fucking crazy. And then we switched over to gas and I was like, holy shit, my electric bill is like 800 bucks now where it was like three grand. And I was like, God, I was spending so much money on electric for that dryer. And then now that we use gas, um, we use propane because there's no natural gas here. Um, and I'm only spending like a hundred bucks a week on propane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yeah, it, we got to switch that. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, this one's pretty old. I mean, when I bought it, I had just one auto. Um, so it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next one we get will be a, a split belt. Like, yeah. I think that's what you just got, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we love it. Yeah. It's, it's so much better. Yeah. It's just the headache of not having to schedule both presses to be like, oh, well, he's doing poly, so we can't do anything unless we do a poly job on the other press, or he's doing water base, or, you know, now it's like they just have recipes where it's like one press is doing water base, one press is doing plastisol, hit the button, mm-hmm. and they just keep going. So it, yeah. it's yeah. the best thing I could have done by far. Yeah. And we have to like raise the panels up for hoodies, <laughs> like crank them up. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do any of that. Yep. Good question. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? One of 35. Yeah. How, how many hours <laughs> you guys have left to hang out with me? I don't uh, know. Oh, this is like a quick one. That I, I don't know. I didn't look around too hard, but who does the Sure Show theme song? Chad. Yeah, Chad. Oh, okay. Nobody knows right. about Chad. Yeah, you guys got to give Chad some credit. Like every end of every episode, like, thanks, Chad. <laughs> hey, thanks, Chad. Yeah, you don't have to say like why. Just say thanks. <laughs> yeah, Andy, um, Andy, give him a little story on Chad. I guess let's talk about Chad. Um, so Chad started here. Uh, I don't know, like six, seven years ago, and he uh, started in as a press assistant, and then I think, or maybe he was a press operator. He had he had come from uh, 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 like one of those franchises, like Instant Prints or something like that. Uh, have you ever heard of those? It's like a, um, I think they do like paper printing, embroidery, screen printing, kind of almost like a, uh, like a Kinko's or whatever, oh, but yeah. um, it's a franchise or embroider me, embroider me. You've heard of that, right? I've heard embroider me. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So he used to work there. Um, started working here and, um, you know, we had an interest in marketing. And so I guess it was maybe last year he started um like i would collab with him on uh on instagram story and stuff like that because like we didn't really ever do story i was like man i just don't have enough time for story and i need some help with our you know with doing that and so we'd come up with ideas and and we'd and we'd collab on that and then it turned to um him coming completely off press and working on shirt show 
Um, and also, also Instagram story for us. Um, he doesn't work here full time anymore um, okay. because he works with his, his wife is a photographer and he, he does that. So he's just part time here. And, um, and he's also in a band called, called Hard Loss. His band's good too. Yeah. Somebody, you guys should go check it out. So, so we, so he, um, I think we were trying, we were messing around with different theme songs and then there it was. And, and, uh, he, he played it, he sent it to you and me. The best part about it was it was the first one. Well, it was the first one I heard. It was awesome. And then, um, we wanted it and that was the intro and then we wanted an outro and I was like, man, it has to be like, so the intro we're hyped, you know, we're all amped and we're, we're going in strong and then the outro it was more like chill just hey we now we're we're done and now it's time to go to bed (laughs) best part is like i i didn't know that existed until like a couple weeks ago what's that the outro are you serious yeah (laughs) a lot of times when i like i won't listen to the episode again i fucking lived it i don't need to listen to it and then Once in a while, I get like in the car or something. I'm like, oh, I, I kind of want to like just listen to one just to go back through and hear it. And then I get like 80% of the way through and I'm like, I know how this ends. And I just I don't keep listen expecting to it. like that music to start playing like while we're talking. <laughs> like, you know, it's like when they turn the music on that for like an Emmy speech. Like, we just want to get rid of you. We just start yeah, playing yeah. in the middle. Well, I got more questions. I got more questions. <laughs> well, so it's an acoustic outro that that seems pretty chill. And he, um, he did that one too. And then he produces, so he'll, he'll do like the, like on Fridays, you know, we come out with the the teaser about what episodes coming on Monday. And so he puts that together that tries to make Dylan look, um, stupid and me smart, <laughs> dude. But, and this is a real thing. I hope that I, Chad's going to edit this shit out too, <laughs> but every episode, because Chad works for Andy, Every time there's a clip or anything, they always try to make me out to be an asshole or dumb <laughs> or whatever. It's always like focused to like be that shirt Kong's better and Dylan's an asshole. So just so everybody knows it's, it's propaganda. Yeah. I it's like the, really uh, true. I like the 1-800 number from dude. I laughed so <laughs> yeah, fucking hard. I, I rewound it like four times. Just I like did too. Like, <laughs> like not trying to fluff myself up, but I fucking watched that. And I was like, Andy's like, Andy's like, and, and your dad. And, and, um, and, and, um, um, and it just like kept going. I was like, fucking A. I laughed so hard at that. Oh, that's the best part though too, is like the, the pregames are literally just me and Andy talking to each other about like our week before we start this because we haven't talked most of the week. And then Chad goes in and adds like all these like little types at the bottom or like zoom ins and stuff. And it's just like, what's weird is that when we go back and watch them, we laugh so hard. (laughs) What's weird though, is when we're doing, uh, you know, when we, when we sign in and we start getting ready and prepping to, you know, do this. I forget that we're even recording. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. and like, I'll, I'll, I'll say something like, Oh yeah, I guess that's on there. Oh shit. You know, like <laughs> that's being recorded. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> the best part is a lot of them are me saying that's what she says or <laughs> us just talking about something that's probably inappropriate. And then we find out if Chad wants to take it out or not, or if he wants to leave it in. So, <laughs> um, no, they're, they're always fun. Cause we usually talk for like 20 minutes before a show starts and he, he dwindles it down to like, you know, three minutes or whatever it is, but 
Yeah, I tried getting in early to like be part of the pregame, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> we actually saw you were in, and we're like, "Fuck it, let's just keep talking about Christmas movies." Yeah, I was just like sitting in my chair, twirling, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't talked a whole lot all day. Like, I was, I was driving when I, even on my commute here. Like, I had, I was like, "Oh, am I going to listen to this podcast or am I going to listen to music?" And I just, I just kept it, kept it quiet as I was driving here. And I drove past the soccer fields, and there was a thousand people playing soccer, which they should be doing. Um, it's outside and, and they're getting exercise. Right. But, um, this is, this is part of the story that you don't want to hear, but, uh, (laughs) 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 but, uh, so it's so good when you, when I finally do get here and I'm like, I turn everything on as I start talking and you're just like, get, get it going and get the juices flowing. So, yeah, it's nice to just bullshit with each other. Yeah. But we were talking about, uh, the jingle or the the ending of the thing. I don't know if either of you have ever watched it, but I'm like pretty deep into watching West Wing right now on Netflix. Like, and there's like seven mm-hmm. seasons of it. Have either of you ever watched West Wing? No, I haven't. No. All right. So anyway, it's about like the West Wing at the White House or whatever. And it's an older show, but I, it's, I like it a lot. I just, it's one of those shows I can turn on at the end of the day and just like unwind and just watch it no matter what happens. But the funniest part about that show to me is at the end, like something almost every episode like serious happens. They'll be like, Oh, there's a bombing in Kuwait or something and like all this stuff and everybody's sad. And then as soon as the episode ends and the credits come up, it's like this like happy, like flute playing. It's like, (laughs) it makes no sense. It's like, it goes from like everybody died. It's the worst thing ever. And then the credits are just like, it's like, it makes it just so funny because it's, it takes your mood because you're into the show and you're like, Oh man, I feel bad for these people. And then it just immediately fucking ramps hard. And you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Cause you've never watched the show. Solid it's, happy uh, times. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just funny. So next um, question. Number yeah, three. So I got, uh, I got a quick rapid fire and then We've one got- kind of like longer question. Okay. Do it. You want to do the rapid fire? So it's only like eight or six or something. You ready? Okay. Are you guys yeah. gonna Are you guys gonna each answer and then I'll move on to the next one? Yeah, we can I go. Guess so it's up It's up to you, or we can take turns. No, nah, just both answer. Okay. Right. Okay, Andy has to go first, and everyone though, so we don't get confused. <laughs> that <All right>. sucks. <laughs> okay. I don't, okay. Don't. Okay. Don't ask to go first, and everyone. <laughs> okay. Ready? Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. Coffee. Step by step or family matters. Family matters. Neither. <laughs> no, this is like one or the other. You have to pick one. <laughs> I don't you're, know. You're what, ruining my flow. I don't know what either of them are. So, uh, I'm, I'm shows. assuming a t- TV Just show. Just say yeah. NA. Just say yeah. NA. Yeah. NA. NA. All right. All right. Taco or burger? Taco. Taco. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Pancakes. Randy. Or yeah, Randy. <laughs> Andy, he said rapid fire. <laughs> rapid. Don't think about it. It's answer. All right. Uh, Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin. Mm, zap. Zap. Checkers or chess? Checkers. I don't know how to play chess. Chess. You obviously do. And then Office or Parks and Rec? Neither. N.A. NA. Both, but uh, Parks and Rec. I mean, I... Manu- I I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, sir. No, no, go ahead. I watched the office, of course, one. but I mean, Parks and Rec is just, for me anyway, it's hilarious. I can't stand kind of either of those shows. Oh, man, I love The Office. That's like my number one, just like throw it on the background while I'm cooking. I just can't get, uh, I've had this conversation a million times in my life because everybody's like, you like The Office? I'm just like, I can't get into the, like the, there's, 
just the shit they do gives me anxiety. It's like, <laughs> there's no way people are that dumb. And it's yeah. just like, I know it's a comedy and you're supposed to get into it, but I, I can't get into stuff unless it's like believable for me. And it's I like, didn't like the last few seasons. So like, I like the office bef- maybe earlier on or midway through, which is probably why I'm watching West wing and you guys are watching the office. Yeah. I mean, the second, the second part of the series is like almost a different show. And I have to like yeah. the Steve Carell version and then the Andy version. Yeah. yeah. So Doesn't he I leave did. or something like that? Steve. Yeah. He just goes to Colorado or something. Cool story. But. So I went to LA uh, to Long Beach once um, and we were there. Uh, we, we stayed longer and we got tickets to Conan. So we, you, um, it's, you know, you, you apply for the for that night or whatever, and they say, yeah, you have to answer a few questions, and then we you show up in a parking garage, and then we waited for like what seemed forever, probably six hours, literally in, in a parking garage, and uh, a food truck came, and we we got lunch and stuff like that, but then we finally got into the to the taping, and it was James Franco, um, a band I can't remember who, um, um, and then somebody else. And then they, and then he said, Oh, Hey, Hey, so, and Conan came out and he's like, Hey, so we have this special guest and he's here for just a few minutes, but we're going to show him, we're going to tape it now, but it's going to be for the following night. And so when he comes out and introduce him, just pretend like it's a surprise or whatever. And so he comes out and it was Steve Carell. It was so cool. Nice. Um, Everybody freaked out. And it's a really small like uh, um, studio. And so I don't know if maybe there were 400, 300 people there. Um, but yeah, so I met him and then we hung out like for, you know, went to dinner and <laughs> um, I wish that that didn't happen, but did you have, uh, what other, what other questions did you have? Okay. So I got one more. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like obviously super thankful for like the shop that I built and stuff, mm-hmm. but like how, how close to like your dream shop is your current shop now? Now. I've said that a few awesome. times. I think I finally, well, I, I feel like it's hard to say that because there's always something you can get or always something you can improve on. But like f- my dream from the beginning of like what I wanted press wise and employee wise and building wise and everything, I feel like I got that now from what I had set in my mind of like, this is how I'm going to build a shop. This is the kind of presses I'm going to get, you know, like a couple of years ago, I was like, man, you know, it'd be fucking awesome to have like a gauntlet three and a split belt and, you know, office my own office and all this other stuff like you think in your mind oh man that'd be fucking awesome to get and then uh i had that now so i'm like fuck yeah this is awesome so i'm just like kind of chilling at the moment like i have no lofty goals like i need to literally think of a whole new set of like this is what i want to do next it's like i finally got to where i'm like i'm just happy right now and i kind of want to ride it out so yeah yeah i mean you got your own building though you can just kind of do whatever you want to yeah like probably to an extent but yeah. That's my problem now is that, like I said, I got everything I wanted and now I'm realizing that everything I wanted is fucking massive. Um, so that's the one thing I wish I had. And even though I own my own building, I just wish I had a little bit more space and like shipping receiving, or like I said, the office space, I was like, Oh, I could really use some more office. So that's why we built like all new offices. So I think like next year or the year after we're going to add like 40 feet to the end of the building to like have a whole new shipping receiving section. Cause like I own the building, but I also own land. Like I own land on both sides of the building. So I'm like, I'm just going to make it bigger on one side yeah, um, for the actual shop. But like I said, as far as equipment and people and everything, I'm, I'm pretty stoked where we're at right now. 
Nice. My turn. Your turn. Hmm. I would say, um, Andy wants to retire. That's where he's at. That's, that's <laughs> not true. Um, I do want to retire someday. Um, I think that I'm not sure what that retirement will mean. Like if I'm completely walking away from screen printing, cause I doubt that. Cause we, we figured so, this out. You're so going to get a 10 color manual on the beach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just and and I'm printing just a word. Right, right. Um, that's it. It's whatever whatever beach it is. That's the word. Right, and it's that you know one color. Um, I think though, um, that's a great question. I'd I'd say that I'll probably never be content. Like there's always something I want to work on. At, mm -hmm. at some some whether it's a piece of equipment I want to swap out or. Um, oh, this will function better this way or that way or whatever. Like looking at your ink wall, I want, I need to change. I've, I've, we've wanted to change our ink department for over a year, you know, but we've just, there's been other things that are, that are, that we've had to do first. Um, I but, think for you, it'd be weird. I don't know where you would put your inks because you kind of have like shelves in the middle of a room. Yeah, I would, I'd have to move it completely from where it's at, but we could find a, you know, a spot that it would, it would function better. Um, that's for sure. Uh, but I would say like this whole thing has been always, I'm, I'm happy though. Like what Dylan said now is a great answer because, you know, even in 2010, I was like, it was the greatest, you know, like there was a dream, you know, to have, just to have a shop, you know, it's like, even though it's not perfect or, or far from it, you know, having a shop is, it's kick ass, you know, like it's, yeah. so I would say yeah, the answer yeah, is like, the dream, yeah. yeah, it's a dream. You know, you're living the dream. It's not a joke. People, people say, Oh, you're living the dream like sarcastically, but you know, I, I'm always like, I don't know. It's not supposed to be easy. I mean, you know, owning your own business is probably the hardest thing you can do career wise. I mean, I'm not trying yeah. to diminish what it's like to be a, a doctor or anything else like that, but owning I feel your like own at business, this point, we're all just beat down to a certain degree that we're okay with, like the day-to-day -day bullshit and we were above that now. You know what I mean? I think like, it jades you um, in, in, the, it's, yeah. in some ways for, I was, I, you know, like I, for a while there, I was just being, you know, like you said, being beat down. I was, I was pretty negative about some, some things. Cause like, man, you know, it's just like people are relentless, you know, and whether it's customers or, 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 you know, employees or whatever it is, it's, it's fucking hard. Right. And you'd go home sometimes I would leave here and say, fuck that. That's, I, I just can't do this. You know, like there's just no way. Good thing is, is you go to bed, you wake up and you're like, you know, I'm going to do this. And so I would say that, uh, I would say that now is a great answer because it's always, it's always, you know, my dream, but it's never perfect. Like there's, there's a thousand things I want, I need to do to it or want to do to it. And, um, but we're way closer you know, it's like Dylan said, you know, he's been, he's wanted this equipment or this space or whatever. We're way closer now than, than I was, um, right, yeah. to be, to being where, to being where I want to be, but I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, there's still things that are just like, you know, you need to, like I said, there's still always going to be things you need to figure out or you want to stay. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't say now I'm like happy. I'm going to stay exactly here because there's always going to be new technologies or new, inks or new whatever but it's just like with what i've got i'm happy right now and then in five to ten years i come up with new shit i'll swap this stuff out and get the new shit and um constantly keep growing that's why we love doing the podcast is because we learn stuff every episode from somebody somebody's always got something that makes us go like oh fuck i need to change that in my own shop 
Like mm-hmm. I've done that for all these episodes. I've learned something almost every episode that I'm like, fuck, I need to like buy this or get into this or do this. And it's like, I feel like weekly now I'm like getting something or changing something or tweaking a method or something just because, you know, somebody said something and I'm like, Oh fuck, that makes total sense. I guess, I guess, you know, to add to that is like, I have everything I want, you know, I have everything I want in life and, and I, I have everything I want here. I don't need to, I don't want or need to be bigger, you know? So, I'm, and you know, like more volume, more employees, more presses or anything like that. Like I'm happy with whatever we have now, even if we were like flat, we had zero growth for the rest of Shirt Kong's existence. That's okay. You know, um, I think you have to do something to maintain that, you know, Jeff, I don't think, I don't think if, you, if you do nothing, I think you'll, it'll fall off. Although we do have great word of mouth, like you said, that's how you grow or you get a lot of your business now is through, mm-hmm. through word of mouth. And we, and we experience, I mean, daily, even from years and years ago, I'll get an email from five years ago. Somebody say, Hey, that I did work for five years ago. I say, Hey, I, I was, you know, I'm, um, I need some shirts. And they told me to call you Andy, the shirt guy, <laughs> you know? And so um, word of mouth is awesome, but we don't have to, we don't have to grow. I don't, I don't have to do that. And I don't, the I more feel you like, grow, the more headaches you have too. I, I think sometimes that's true. And I think that, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy when I get here. I'm happy with the team that I get to work with every day. And um, I'm happy with the equipment that I have. Um, and like you said, I'll always be changing something out or to try and be more efficient or, or better or whatever. But man, that's a long answer. But I feel like some people are just built different ways. You know what I mean? I feel like me and Andy are very similar with like what we want to produce and what we want to, you know, have the shop be like is like, we just want to put out the best quality we can get at the most efficiency and then have whatever we're producing grow our, our normal lives, like what we're doing. But I feel like there's some shops that we know and even friends of ours that are just like constantly fucking like trying to get the ne- the next thing or more of this or more employees or more presses. And it's just like, when I see these stories of them doing this, I'm just like, why? What, like, what are you getting from this? It's just more time away from home. It's more headaches. It's more fucking, you're going to drop out of a heart attack. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I, I get that you, you just want to grow your business. Cause it's that like monopoly thing where you're just like, I own all this. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's just not for me. Like, I don't want to knock them because fuck. Yeah. Like if you can make it awesome, make it awesome and bigger and have a crazy big company. But for me, it's just like, dude, that's too much. Like, like I said, I'm comfy. Like right now I'm comfy. Like I, my bills are paid. I get here. Employees are happy. We're producing cool shit. I just want to be able to kick back at my desk and be like, you know, let's just, all the systems work. Everything's good. Just want to kick back and watch YouTube videos. Right. I'm not thinking yeah, about, yeah. I'm not thinking about every day. Like how do I get four more presses or how yeah, do I, right. how do I do, um, how am I a marketing mastermind? And I'm going to try to like get money out of people. It's like, I just want more cool artists to come through. That's what, that's my goal is I just want more cool stuff to where everybody who's here is like, man, I would fucking love to print that. Or I'd love to figure out how to print that. Yeah. How, like, how about you, Tori? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm probably pretty much on the same page as you guys. I mean, like the, the shop is great. There's a few pieces of equipment that I still would like. Like I don't have a CTS yet. Um, Gotta do which it, is, man. I know. I, I, every time I listen to one of these episodes, fuck, I go get CTS. <laughs> uh, I'll probably do that next year. Um, and like my dryer is getting kind of old. So like that's going to get swapped out. Um, and then, uh, there's a little bit of more stuff in the embroidery department that we got to build out. Um, but as far as like, like I have a killer staff that I love hanging out with, um, you know, my shop is like big and bright and 
full of stuff and like we're doing great, great work for really awesome people. Um, but then there's like things like I would love to like have my own building that I can either build myself or, you know, be able to like take down walls and you know, move to wherever we want to. Um, but you know, overall, like I'm like super satisfied with where we're at and where we've, where we've come from, you know, like my, my yeah. first shop was like basically a garage. Uh, and I just had like the manual and the dryer and like four buckets of ink. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. That was like <laughs> my dream shop right there. You know? And then I like almost broke myself printing manually for five years. And then the next goal was like, okay, now I just need to get an auto. And then, then, you know, that was like, now it's the dream shop. And you know, like, we're, I'm just like, keep, keep kind of meeting these goals, which is amazing. Um, but like you said, like, like the goals kind of are constantly changing and, uh, there's like always something new to to try to strive to get and but yeah you know, just got to try to be thankful for what i have and you know yeah. i didn't know I that's that the biggest um, thing that everybody should take away from this is they just need to like actually like sit down and think about what they want or what do they want to achieve or where they want to be in life like i think you should just figure that out and then try to get there and then just like hit cruise control until yeah, new yeah. technologies and new stuff come out i just don't overexert yourself um, yeah. but like I said, that's me, like other people have their own thing. So, right. Yeah. Whatever. I was going to hit those that, quick takes. Yeah. But right before I do that, I was going to say, um, I did not know you worked with your, with your wife and, um, had we known we did like, um, we used to do the husband wife episodes. We did one with, um, mm, yep. um, cartoon for brick. <laughs> I have and, two uh, Lindas now too. So Who, I can bring that? those back. My blow up doll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like a blank stare. I was like, ah, the yeah, I forgot. Doll. I forgot her name. Was Linda. <laughs> I got, I got the one that I did for that episode. And then someone gifted me another one. So now I have two of them. Isn't that so crazy though? Ever, how many um, shops is, is a husband and wife? Because it's, it, you know, it's yeah. you. I remember barrel maker. Oh, they used to be. Um, Phil isn't husband and wife, but boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of them. I mean, I get it, but for me, it would never work out. I actually had my wife work for me <clears throat> for like a week, and I was like, "Fuck this! We're not doing this every day." And then, <laughs> yeah. that I mean, we start, we started it together, so like it was right. No, that's what I mean. It makes sense if it's both your passion. It's just it's not for us, like printing and this industry and everything is my passion and she has her own complete passion. So like they just don't go, go together. Like she has her own way um, of doing things. I thought you were building out part of that building for her shop. Yeah. Which is her passion. Right. So she's going to have a craft store. So like when we redid the offices, I took over for the new offices. I took over like 40 by 40, I think for the new office. And then she has 40 by 24 right after that, where it's going to be her own whole craft store. Um, the nice thing about that for her is like I said, is the buildings paid off. So like she has, and it's funny like watching her start to build a business because she does a lot online and she's doing really great at it right now. But it's funny, like she has no struggle with the building or her rent. She's never going to have to pay rent. Well, you should charge or her electric. Yeah. You should hammer or, her with rent. Yeah, yeah okay. There's no <laughs> fucking way. <laughs> so yeah, no internet, no electric, no heat, no, you know, she just has a place. I was like, you could literally 
just have a store full of stuff and sit here every day and not have a single customer and nothing's going to happen. You can break even. Right. Like you just, you can do whatever. It's all pure profit. But the best part about it is if she does really awesome and sells a ton of stuff, I'm never going to see any of that money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know his, um, his quick takes her, um, hot takes were better than ours. So maybe we just hot takes. No, that's what you call rapid fire. He had some rapid fire fire questions, but, um, yeah. So yeah. So let's just maybe we just go with what's for dinner. What's oh mm-hmm. man, I don't know. Uh, I really enjoy cooking, um, and I always have. But this year, man, I just like between like being stuck at home and like cooking a lot more, and like the kids being in and out of school, and like being super busy. Like I've just like lost that. Like I still like the cooking aspect, but the planning part of it has been such a like a bummer. Um, so I don't, I don't actually know. I was at my, my parents, uh, today for my dad's birthday. We had a little fire outside and we had pizza up there. So, uh, probably leftovers. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever's in the fridge. I've been doing a lot of cooking recently too. And like, I feel like I'm getting to the age and the point where I'm going to start definitely like dad cooking, you know, like my dad is super into like barbecue and stuff. Like his whole backyard is all dedicated to like barbecue. It's like, he has his own huge, like smoker area. He has like pizza oven. Like it's just all fucking like classic dadded out. And like, I'm like slowly getting there too. Where like now I'm cooking like steaks in a cast iron pan with like butter. And I'm like, I just got a smoker this year. So I want to start doing like briskets and stuff. And like mm-hmm. I grill a ton in the summertime. So, and like right before I came here, I made like, I made like a big meatloaf and mashed potatoes and corn and gravy and stuff. Um, so I'll probably end up having more of that when I get home, but I just <laughs> ate a ton of it before I got here and I felt like shit because I like <laughs> definitely overate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, that's a heavy meal too. It's great. It's, yeah. But it's, it's a heavy yeah. meal. Yeah. What are you eating, yeah. Annie? Chili? Uh, no, we're not, we're not doing chili. Um, this week we are... Uh, make a homemade pizza, kind of a homemade pizza. We don't make the crust, but we make the rest. So this is the same thing you had last week, right? Got to make yeah. the crust. Yeah. Got to make the crust. Well, I don't know how to make the crust. You mean it's like easy. make it's the just... crust from scratch, scratch, or buy dough yeah, like yeah. a Trader Joe's? No, no, like no, no. Like <laughs> make the dough from scratch. It's super easy. It's just like like three cups of flour, like and then a couple cups of water until it gets the right consistency, and then you just let it fucking sit for a while. Okay. I mean, there's a little more than that, but once, <laughs> once you nail it, once you he nail just, it, he just awesome. brought pizza places from here to here. He's like, Oh, it's super fucking, yeah, it's fucking easy. easy. Just yeah. like throw some flour in a fucking bowl and put some water on it. You can have fucking pizza. <laughs> just mush it with your hands until it gets doughy and then leave it on the counter. This guy's over here like fucking mop the belly, like throwing shit in the air. He's like, Oh, it's just flour and water. I don't know. It's nah, nah. That seems too hard. Moment. That seems too hard. I like yeah. to just have the dough and boom, I can take it from there. Cause you're just, yep. all you're doing is pouring sauce on it and putting cheese on it. And you're like, I mean, no, a little, it's a little more complicated than that. Mine are, okay, so you, mine you are don't anyway. stretch it. Do you stretch it? No, I, I got like, it at target. Not the worst place. Target has uh, some pretty, pretty good uh, foods, food section. So yeah, it's I like, grab my pizza dough at quick trip. And uh, <laughs> just like buy a frozen pizza and scrape the toppings off, yeah. and put new toppings back on top. That's the way to I've do actually it. heard. I've actually heard Joanne say that that you guys take a lot of like shit frozen pizzas and put like 
Parmesan and like extra toppings on and make it way better. So um, not shit better. frozen pizzas, but yeah, we have taken some good frozen pizzas and then, you know, doctor them up a little bit, a little fancier. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Yeah. So that's what we're having. All right. So uh, the shirts I sent you guys, um, it's, a, it's a squeegee burger design, uh, but that was, those were the first uh, shirts that came off the Cobra. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, not like you need another t-shirt, but you know, I figured mm. why not? <laughs> oh, we do. Yeah. Well, I bought a bunch already, so it's true. Yeah, you got some. You had some. Well, well, thanks for doing the episode, man. We were really looking forward to this one. Yeah. No. Thank um, you. This is. It's. I don't get to like chat shop very often, so yeah. Uh, it's nice to have someone who understands like what I do every day. Yeah. Well, that's that's our thing. Is it's nice. It's like I said. It's it's hard to do this weekly, and we've had this conversation before. But it's that like they said, it's that meme of the dude from Narcos, like on the swing and nobody's out there. He's like, nobody at the party wanted to talk about screen printing. <laughs> yeah. um, that, that's our getaway to do this. So we well, appreciate you doing with us. Yeah. And thanks for talking to us. Congrats on the Cobra. Welcome to the club. Thank you. Uh, Dylan yeah, will, will ship you a broken mug. It'll look like this, but it'll be in like, I don't know. Yeah, 10, yeah, a couple pieces. pieces. Yeah. Just, and then you just throw a uh, super glue in the box. Just so it's ready. I will. Yeah. And then ship him um, a proper mug. If you would just send train, you know, teach him how, teach him how we, I have one. It's well, right I here. I shipped it. It made it to oh, me. Yeah. Right and it didn't break. Forgot about that. I got this a long time ago. What's in back there? When, Creamer? Back when you did. And we got to say prop, proper thanks for doing the picture of me and Andy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the so, gross portraits. I, know, I, was I love like, that so much. Yeah. I, like, no joke, took the... I have the art file that you sent me of that, and I'm going to make a print of it, and I'm going to have it behind my desk at my, when I get my new office so that when nice. I do these podcasts, it's right behind me. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, it, it'll yeah. be there. Just, just be aware. All right, all right. All right, man. Enjoy your Sunday. Yeah, thanks. I look forward to Pretty being good. your first repeat guest, so... Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, see you, man. All right, see you. Hey there.